If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. And hello, everybody. Hey, everybody. <laughs> there was a uh, slight delay there. Alrighty, I'm just jumping in. There we go. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Tom Vassell, and with us from his own channel, it's Richard Rottoham. Richard Rottoham. Yep. So, the Rotto, for folks who don't know, my full name is Richard Allen Ham. My whole life, my family called me Raw for my initials. Uh, and they still do to this day. And when I started playing EverQuest a million years ago, I needed to come up with a name for my little halfling cleric. And I went, oh, how about Rotto? Because uh, it rhymes with Frodo. So Rotto is really my hobbit name. Oh, that makes a lot more sense now. Huh. Yep. Interesting. Yep. Yeah, I always call myself Tomrick in any fantasy game. I don't know why. It just sounds like a fantasy name. It does sound like a fantasy name. And in a so, different universe, that you it could have been... Um, Tom Rick tumbles through. No, that doesn't work. Dice Tower's I, probably better, I think. Yeah, I started playing a sci-fi game, and I was like, oh, I can't call myself Tom Rick, and I sat for the longest time. Then I thought, <laughs> eh, Tom Vassal works. You know? I, I didn't know what to do. I was like, ah, I'm going to get started. I don't got time to focus too much on the name here. Well, it is another week in April. It's amazing. I'm, I'm looking back at uh, all the different games that have come out, and I'm seeing some games that came out last April, and I'm thinking, wow, they're already a year old. But there's there's a lot of cool stuff out right now. I'm seeing a lot of cool stuff on on Kickstarter. You know, I was I have to say, I was I was wondering if Kickstarter would kind of go during this time. But I was just looking at the active projects, and there's a lot of really cool, interesting stuff out there. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's really, I mean, I, I've had a lot of really great stuff to cover. Uh, in part, uh, because actually a lot of stuff got pushed from last month to this month. Because everybody was kind of caught uh, sure. unawares, and so things got pushed back. I do know from, because I often cover Kickstarter games, and I'm always talking to folks, uh, people are worried about June. And they're like, okay, we got to get this in now, while folks are still willing to spend. Uh, because depending on how long world events continue on, things might be drying up in May and June. So I think that's another reason we're seeing an unusually good month for Kickstarters. Normally, April definitely slows down. Sure, but a lot of these were scheduled for around this time frame, too, though. That's mm -hmm. for sure. Uh, so yeah. what's on the table in front of you? I see. I can't even tell what those things are. It's, are those miniatures? Uh, no, they're, uh, they're wonderful little Michael Menzel standees. And oh, I know the, that is. Uh, and or Liberation of Reitberg, which uh, Z just put his video up. And by the way, congratulations to Z. He totally nailed this. I uh, often agree with Z, and rarely were we more simpatico than his feelings about this. But I'll be filming it this afternoon, and I'll be going into a little bit more detail than him. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. the coolest thing about this, as always, why, Tom, why don't all developers do two-sided standees? So you have the front and the back. Well, I mean, 
it's just such a simple little thing. And then when you put them down, you can feel like, oh, he's facing away. Ah, he turns around like, um, you know, armchair swivel theater. It's ah, well, I'm why? So all the, I mean, I love Gloomhaven's miniature or not miniatures standees, but they'd be so much cooler if they were two sided. So they have a front and a back. So they feel more like miniatures. Yeah, I don't. Well, it's double the price in artwork. Yeah, but it's worth it. Yeah, it might be. It might be. I'm I'm not, I don't know. Sometimes standees bug me some. It's not that I, um, it's not that I'm pro miniature versus standee. It's sometimes I like something sliding around the board. Like I would prefer a tile that lays flat, I think, over a standee because I find that standees oh. fall over for me all the time. Uh, especially nowadays, some games come with these really big standees or really awkward ones. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't even the tried to put together. get problematic just because they're so top-heavy and they can topple so easy. Personally, um, I always kind of felt it, and Gloomhaven proved it for me. I prefer standees to miniatures because well, I, wasn't I am going not down that how route. to paint those things. <laughs> and I would rather have something colorful and you know beautifully arted up rather than a whole bunch of little blobs of gray, you know? Well, I'm trying to, I prefer pre-painted miniatures to everything. Uh, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> I, I, oh, yeah, obviously. And how often do we get that? Um, well, I suppose if you're Mage Knight fan or claustrophobia. No, there's actually, that's interesting. Top 10 games of pre-painted miniatures. I'm going to write that down. What a that's good, a good one. Oh, what a good I'll thing you said there. right now. Because I just played them with them for the first time a couple of weeks ago. The pre-printed miniatures that came from WizKids for Agricola were fantastic. Aren't they really nice? The, the problem is, I mean, I wouldn't... Those... You, you, you pay a little bit for those. Yes, they are... I mean, yeah, they're definitely a cut above in terms of cost. But they are worlds better than pretty much any other pre-printed mini I've ever seen. Don't you only get uh, one... They're, they're not quite X-Wing quality. But they're definitely above Attack Wing quality. <laughs> well, <clears throat> yes. Uh, <laughs> that is an interesting one. I'd have to sit there and think about it for a long time. Anyway, we don't have time for that right now. Yes. Um, no one wants to watch a top ten being made. Actually, some people do like that sort of thing. But um, we are here. We're talking about various things in this show. And as always, if I can slide this device over here, we're going to start with mechanisms. We're going through the Board Game Geek through the mechanisms that were designed by Jeff Engelstein and compatriot. I apologize. I forget the, the person he did it with. And today we're talking about a very small category called yes. the advantage token. I guess a small token category here. for a small mechanism when it falls right down because it's one token. Well, it's it's should have been called, I think, advantage token slash card because in many sure. games no, it point. is that. So this is yeah. one person has a token that permits him to do a special action or modify an action. Once you use this, the token passes to another player. So they they said it was used first in Storm over Arnhem. It's best used or most – well, one of the ways that people know it is in Twilight Struggle. In Twilight Struggle, there is the China card. This card gives you five actions that you could use. We normally, the uh, – the number of actions that you can take in a game is the most you could ever take is four. Five is pretty awesome, but whenever you use it, you give it to your opponent. Yes. And them hanging on to it stops you from doing it. Yep. Um, 
Now, on Board Game Geek, they only have 16 here. I feel like there's more than this. I feel like there's just some that aren't in this category. I would imagine there are probably quite a few that are missed. Although, honestly, I couldn't think of any. Um, you know, the main ones that immediately jumped into my mind were Agricola and Concordia. And I totally forgot Navigor had one, too, but I went back and checked, and yes, it does. All right, so what's and the Agricola like, one? The Agricola one, by far, is the best. Uh, there are just a class of, I think there are always minor improvements. Maybe there's some, no, no, there's always minor improvements where um, they're really simple little things. Hey, if I play this minor improvement, I'll get a couple of carrots, and then I hand you the card. And now in a future turn, you could play that and oh, right. move on to the next player. That's right. I forgot about they that's not in every game though. Pointing to the next player when you put it on the table. You're right. I really I really like that. I love that concept. I wish more games had it, where you essentially have a cool event that you can do, yeah. but then you help you help the next person out a little bit, so you sometimes debate whether it's worth it. Although for me, I almost always will give it to you. I'm okay oh, with you getting something. Well, to I, me, want, I want my stuff. About that. If I have one that says, oh, I'll get a couple of carrots, sure, that's fine. I'm going to wait until after you go and get carrots for yourself. Then I'll give it to you uh, because they really do introduce, when used well, an element of interesting decision-making because, yeah, maybe this is really useful for me, but is it even better for you? Because if it is... Maybe I shouldn't let either of us have it. Uh, kind of a little miniature hate draft going on there. And it sure. is all about timing. But it's a great example of one of my favorite things in board games, positive interaction between players. Uh, you, you can work. You can be really reaching out and touching other people, but in good ways instead of, oh, let me just tear all the stuff down you've done. And anytime a game does that, and they're so good in Agricola. They're one of my favorite cards to get because most of the time, the uh, the minor improvements you have to build, they're really expensive. you got to work a long time for them. Yeah, and then, oh, my are. whole game has to change for this. But these are just like, a, oh, you know what? Sometimes I'll, I'll just put that down, move it on. And it's just like a nice little, um, you know, just... Jet juiced. I'll, I'll tell you what, though. I often don't draft those cards because oh. I assume if, if, oh, if they're drafting, to you. I'll assume that my opponents are nice enough to use them and give to me. So why should I waste my time drafting one when you will just use it and it will come to me anyway? That is really smart. There's an uh, there's another layer to them. Then wow, <laughs> I really like that. We don't we don't actually do the the full draft. Uh, we do the other version where um, you know we just take ten cards. Because uh, you're ultimately supposed to have seven of each type. So we each take ten and then jettison three. Because, oh my gosh, if That's we faster. drafted, that would take forever. <laughs> that, that is the truth of it. Well, Trevin yeah. says, wouldn't this have first been used in backgammon with the doubling cube? I don't remember how the doubling cube is used. I'm, I don't know. I, I, it, it sounds familiar to me. And I think Travis needs to go on Board Game Geek. And hit the edit button. Because I can't fix all of these things, folks. I know I've been working on it over the last few weeks here. Oh, what about the Raz Arcana pass token? Yes. You're that's right. a good yeah, one. That, that's a brand new one. I was going to say, I was wondering um, if this mechanism was going to die. Because, I mean, looking through the list of what is listed, I mean, it looks like Matt Gertz. It's, it might as well be called the Mac Gertz token because he was doing it in Imperial and then Navigador and then most recently in Concordia. But his newest game, Transatlantic, he dropped it. He didn't do it again, even though he could have since you know uh, Transatlantic is kind of a Concordia 2.0. 
Uh, and so, that is a shame because it's so cool in Agricola. So what is it in a, what is it in Concordia again? In Concordia, it was, um, you know, the prefect card, I, th I think it's the prefect card that when you play that, you get to um, produce from one of your colonies. Um, if you use that card at the same, whatever the name of it is, the prefect Magnus or something, you double the effect of that. And then it goes on to the next player. You're right. You're right. You're right. That's, yep. I, I don't know how these things are escaping me. I, again, this is a, a concept... I, I feel like this is in more than 16 games. You know, I, sure. I feel like I feel like it is. In fact, if if, if anyone here is um, watching and you have a game that you think you've seen it in, here's a good chance. And also, folks who are watching, that beeping, clicking sound, sorry, that was from my computer. I turned on the system audio last night and didn't realize it was making the little popping noises come through. But they're off now. Okay. So... Monica says Explorers of the North Sea has a token that gives you two more actions in one turn. Okay, and then you hand it to the next player. I, I have to admit, Explorers of the North Sea, that's kind of the, uh, the forgotten North Sea. Without, that was really? the third one, right? I would say Shipwrights is the forgotten one. but Well, Shipwrights I, 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 is good, but oh man, that is, that is a black-hearted game. That is a nasty, nasty game. But, uh, and yeah, I mean, it, it was a nice one. Hmm. This should be. Okay. I mean, this is such an easy mechanism to add, and there's so many things that could be done with it. I mean, yeah, it, I do like this one. There are. I am shocked. It's such a short list. Yeah. Again, I feel like I played a game like this before. Um, when I think of this, I always think of Jaipur a little bit because of the camels. That's not a token, but there's yeah. that whole aspect of I'm doing something, but now I'm giving you the advantage. And yep. there are a lot of games that aren't in this category about tiebreakers where, like, there's a token or sometimes just you're on the side of the board. And if there's a tie, then whoever's at the top wins a tie. But now mm -hmm. you go to the bottom. And I feel yeah, like that's, yeah, yeah. that's a little similar. Yep. Um, with the support tokens and Samurai Spirit count. Oh, man. Uh, I played that once at Essen as a very quick pickup game. Which I found out afterwards, apparently I was a total jerk throughout the game. Because somebody posted online about what a jerk Rotto was. And I'm like, oh my god, what did I do? I was so embarrassed and mortified. Perhaps I didn't use the token appropriately. I did not care for the game, so I don't remember. But I only played it once, I believe. I, uh, I don't remember if I reviewed this one or not. Innovation yeah. has a couple cards that does this, someone said. Mm, okay. Alrighty. Well, there you go. Well, then maybe it, uh, BGG is behind the times. It's an excellent mechanism. And in closing, it is yet another reason that Agricola is clearly superior to Caverna. Because Caverna doesn't not... have any. <laughs> I'll, give you that, I'll give you that point, I guess. Yes! I don't think it's better, but I think... I'll take it, every yes. point I can get on your channel, pal. <laughs> All righty. Let's, where, where are we at? Let's go to the top five. All right. Alrighty, folks, we're doing our definitive top five games of, well, top five something of all time. Yep. You tell and us. So, th yeah, this is where you tell us. You're going to give us um, uh, a, a topic. I'm going to pick four of these topics, and then Rada will pick one of those, and then we'll give you the definitive five that will not be mocked mercilessly like our last one was. 
Um, oh my gosh. Oh, but, but for, to be fair, Tom, you did get a lot of love for whatever that one show, Temple of the Sun or whatever it was that you oh, this, wanted this, to throw out there. This, uh, the cities of gold, the mysterious cities, cities of, gold. of gold. Yeah, there was a lot of love for that one. And I think our biggest mistake by far in the eyes of the internet was not even mentioning Thundercats. Uh, Honestly, not... I kept waiting for you to do it. I wouldn't have shot you down, but I wouldn't have brought it up because Lion O and company were never really big in my household. I think maybe I missed it. Maybe I was too old by that time. Um, okay, I'm getting there. I got two so far. All right. Some of these are a little too broad. Um, <laughs> like one said, your top five board game covers, that would be a really hard, that'd be a really hard one to, to think about. That would be, I, you could change that to our top five most memorable because the first five things we thought of probably just stuck with us more, I guess. Although, yeah. honestly, I would just look around and I would just pick up. That is... That is, I used to do that, actually. Uh, now, I, I can't do that anymore, but I used to, when I make a top ten list, I'd walk into my game room and just look at all the games. Mm -hmm. uh, now I have to pull up my spreadsheets and charts and go through those, and it's not the same thing. Oh, it's not the same. you got to have that big moment in the movie where they just get surrounded and close the eyes and just, you know, and the camera spins around you, and it just comes to you. Uh... Let me see here. People are now talking about Thundercats. Thanks for bringing that oh, up. Oh, so <laughs> Save it for Friday. <laughs> um, well, if you got three, I can pick from three. Three uh, is a magic number. I don't know uh, why you chose four in the first place. I don't even know why either. All right. Here we go. I got them. All right. All right. These are very generic ones, but that's, okay. that's fine. So food-themed games. Okay. Worst expansions to games we'd like. Alexander Pfister games. And games with a robot theme. A robot theme. Wow. <sighs> I, 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 I could do Pfister because that would just be so easy. I could do that with my eyes closed. Um, but I, I want to challenge us a bit. Plus, we are in your backyard so obviously, I think we should do food-related games. Oh, <laughs> I thought you were going to pick the worst. <laughs> okay, ah. food-related oh, games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought he was going to say, well, this is where the negative stuff happens. So, <laughs> All right, food-related games. Now, I am curious if there is a Board Game Geek family I bet you there's food. a family. Maybe not a genre, but a family. I see. And why did I even choose this? Because I can't think of any. And I know there's a few. There's a really good deck builder I liked quite a bit. Oh. All right, up. Oh, there's a food cooking family. So I'm just going to oh. go through these. Um, unfortunately, a lot of these are going to be ridiculous because I already <sighs> saw. I'm not going to. We're going to talk about games that focus on food, not games that focus on feeding your people, right? Because that's a whole different thing. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Although I, that's a good category for next week, folks. That's, that's fine. Games where you feed your workers. So I'm just going to name some stuff. And if you think it's possible then say yes. If not, then it's automatically vetoed. I'm not saying it's in the top four. I'm just going to go through the list here. So we got Sushi Go. Well, that's obviously, I mean, yeah, that's that's kind of a no-brainer. I mean, you just instantly, the only question is, do you go with Go or do you go with Party or do you go with Roll? Well, we can come back to that if it even makes the list. There's but I, 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 I cannot imagine it won't make it. <laughs> what? <laughs> we, I said one in game fact, so boom, far. done it. I am nominating Sushi Something. Well, for the top I would, five food-related games of all time. 
to me, I like Sushi Roll a lot, but I think Sushi Go is more wide appeal. When I say Sushi Go, I mean Sushi Go Party because it just has okay. more stuff. It's okay, so that's thing. just a given. You're only considering Roll or Go Party. Yeah, that's because fine. I don't know why you would play Sushi Go in, over Sushi Go Party. It's literally the same thing with just more stuff. Yeah, okay. Um, all right. Then we got Food Chain Magnet, which I don't think Jason's either one of us here, will pick. So we don't have to. We, we don't have to go any farther on that. I mean, the, <laughs> neither of us deny that it's a it's a brilliant design, right? It is a very well designed game, but it's 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 too mean. It's oh either, my gosh! I like meanness, and this one, you know, this is the opposite of. Hey, why don't you remind everybody how it went for you the first time you played? <laughs> yeah, no, and it, what was funny was. I, I, I was just, I've never felt so helpless in a game. I was just sitting there like halfway through going, huh, there's not a lot I can do other than wish we could rewind time and I make <laughs> a different decision. So, all right. This one I've not played, so unfortunately I can't make the list, but you might have played it. Mare- oh, no, I played Morels. Morels is, fan- is a wonderful little game. You're right. I, play, I like I, Morels a lot, especially if you got his little hand-carved walking sticks that he made for like the first... 200 people or something like that. Very, very nice. And it's a marvelous couple that made the game. But I found it ho-hum. However, it is ranked really? 60. It's ranked 680, so what do I know? I'm not much. That's surprising. Mama Mia. I think you were in a bad mood that day. I was not. It's so charming. Mama and Mia. It's, it's really the basis. I, I won't put it on the list, though, because I think it has been supplanted by um, Enchanters which is the same basic idea. You've got a row of stuff. You decide how far to move out to grab the cards you need, but you're making fantasy weapons to fight off bad guys instead of cooking mushrooms. But anyway, what was the next one you said? Uh, Mamma Mia. I don't know if you've played that one. No, I haven't. I'm not ancient like you. I've missed a lot of the classics. (laughs) Look at this. No gray, (laughs) baby. Ancient. Yeah, it's it's a little thin up here, unfortunately, but... Wasabi. Uh, All right, no worries. I'm just I'm just throwing them out yeah. there. I'm just, I'm just reading. Scoville. Scoville's very cool. I almost don't think of that as a food game, though. Really, I don't know where else you stick hot peppers. I mean, well, I mean, you could eat those things straight, but um, no, I, I think that's that's more of a planting harvesting game. Is, you, you, at no point do you eat the. At no point. Yeah, you do. You deliver them. You deliver them to food for it to be a food game. You're making chili out of them for people, don't you remember? To make all the oh, that's true. Oh, that's right. That's how you convert them into points. Yeah, it's a good game too. It's really sharp. Um, It's unfortunately a forgotten game. You nominated it. I don't think I'd veto it. I'm not yet. I'm just again go through. All All right, right, we got we got Candyland. (laughs) (laughs) We got a la carte, which is an old game for kids mostly, but it's still pretty cute. Um. New York Slice. The I figured you, I know you love that one. So well, I do like that. I also like the the the, the, the pie version of it. Actually, there's a new game called the the pie version is called Piece of Cake. But there's a new version a game from uh, Blue Orange called Piece of Pie. Okay, which is a very simple drafting little game that reminds me of the ant game that Bruno Catala made. Um, you know where you draft the different parts of an ant, make an ant colony. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh huh. Alrighty, then we have uh, Kitchen Rush. Kitchen Rush, instant nomination. Alrighty, instant. I will. 
Okay. I, I, you know, right, you're, 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 you're actually collating data. You're trying to actually make a real proper list. I'm just flying by the seat of my pants. Yeah, you are. But, okay. Uh, How about? Oh, so, fight to the end for Kitchen Rush. Viva Java, the coffee game, the dice game. <laughs> Have you played I guess that one? Coffee is food. I guess. Uh, well, go nuts. It was a nice donuts. game. It was actually very good. I never oh. played the original. I only played the dice game version, but it was very good. The the original was unfortunately a little bloated and not as good. The dice game is a cool little Yahtzee style game. Right. They they um, they hit the right spot. They yeah. Uh, we got um, well, Slam, which I don't think you're going to put in there. Um, no. Slam, which is that Walkstar is a possibility. Walkstar would also be high on my list, definitely. That gets an asterisk. Alrighty, I'm moving down here. There's actually not a lot of food games in here. Uh, Burger Up is a pretty cool one. Um, I'm going to... Okay, well, this is sort of a food game. The, yeah. the recent Chocolate Factory. Oh, and it's excellent. That's the conveyor belt one, right? Yeah. It is the conveyor belt oh, one. Oh, my gosh, that. I might have a hard time limit, limiting this to five. Um, That's a bunch of really good ones. Someone put apples to apples. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, there's there's a couple new games out. I don't know if you played either of these. There's Foodies from Come On Games. No, I saw that at uh, at your last convention. They, they were making a big splash with it. it. It looked like it was very popular, but I haven't played it, no. What about Consumption? Have you played that Consumption one? Consumption is a good game. I do like it. And um, I thought I really like the... Oh, what do you call it? The, the the supermarket shopping, like mini game off to the side. But it's certainly a good food game, but it is not as good as the ones we've already mentioned. What about I'll point, point salad? Ooh. I would the only argument you can make against that is it's pretty abstract. Is it really about food? Or is well, it really just about card I'm games? not I'm not sure like the New York slices great, either. Though. You're just grabbing a piece of pizza. You don't really care if it's pepperoni or not. You care how many yeah, but, points I mean, but, it is. Yeah, but the theme comes alive in that game. You got all the big... It's a, look at these pizzas. Um, does the game have to make you hungry for it to be considered a top five food game? I think you could make that argument. Just because you start salivating because you sat there for a half an hour or an hour. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't think about this one, but this one might work. A Rosenberg game. And most of his games involve feeding people, but he has one game that's very strongly food-oriented, and that's Rakehold. Oh! Wait, oh, is that the Norwegian fishing village one? Well, it's Iceland, but yes. Oh, Iceland, oh, thank you, sorry. The Scandinavian fishing village one? Oh, no, it's Scandin- that's not Iceland. Oh, sorry! <laughs> all the Icelanders who are watching, I apologize! Oh! I've moved back to America. I've lost all my Europeness. obviously. I, I'm no longer worldly. I'm just lumping them all together. Um... Yeah, I mean, you're right. I guess food is a bigger thing in that, but I don't know. I, I feel like it's as big a deal as it is in Feast for Odin, where the feast is literally in the title. What about fabled fruit? You make smoothies. I don't think so. What about Cupcake Empire? You have played that. I have not. That is high on my list of games to play. Wow. Should I, it be? I, I think you would like it. I really do. Yeah, um, I, I mean, the other game from that same designer, I did like Yukon Airways, except it was a pick-up-and-deliver game, whereas Cupcake Empire is an engine-building game, which I love. So I, I, you would have to nominate it, and I would... I, 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 but I, I am really excited about Cupcake. It's on my shelf in the next room. I've been wanting to play it for months. 
Well, I've got most of the uh, very high ones here. So here's what I here's what I think. I've, for, I've got what one you've more said. that is further down. I, I I skipped ahead to find it, and you probably haven't played it. Cuisine a la carte. I don't even know how to spell that. Cuisine a la carte is basically Star Realms rethemed to food. Go on. Uh, that's that's it. It is a deck building game. A big part of the deck building is instead of just having, oh, the, the yellow starships and the blue starships and the red starships, you have different classifications of food. And so you're trying to mix the vegetable classification together to get lots of card combos or the meat classification and all of that. And it's really sharp. I have to admit, I had I played it before I played Star Realms, and I thought, this is such an amazing, it's so cool. What a smart way to do a deck builder where it just has these built-in combos that makes everybody feel smart. And then a few years later, I played Star Realms, and like, oh, this is a poor man's cuisine a la carte, because cuisine a la carte actually improves on it. <laughs> so I feel very strongly about that one, but I'd understand it's a bit more under the radar, so if you'd want to veto it. Well, let's let's go with the ones that okay. So we all we both agree on sushi go. I think so. Slash party, whatever. Okay, and we both agree yep. on kitchen rush. Yes. Uh, you do. You agree on kitchen rush. Fantastic. I do. So great. I haven't played the expansion, which I hear is wonderful as well. I also would push strongly for chocolate factory because that's such a fantastic. Yes, game. chocolate factory. I love conveyor belts. I had no idea until recently. <laughs> I discovered I, conveyor belts are amazing. Yeah, I actually just downloaded a game on Steam. I forget what it's called, but it's about factories and moving stuff on conveyor belts. And I was like, yes, I love conveyor belts. <laughs> it's so stupid. This is what board games does to a person. Well, Sushi sushi Roll is technically a conveyor belt, too. That's a good point, yes. Um, all righty. So then, I know you like Walkstar a lot. I'm just hesitant to put Walkstar and Kitchen Rush on the same list because That's they're a very, fair very point. similar. I would definitely give that. I would probably. And of the two, I mean, Walkstar is a great game. And it's, I mean, it ties into our previous one. We were talking about action timers. And, you know, it really, if it didn't introduce that idea, it kind of popularized that idea. But at the end of the day, it's a bit more abstract. As opposed to Kitchen Rush, you really feel it come to life. You are in the kitchen. You are serving the customers. You are back in the stock room. You are you are paying your employees. Um, and I, I would probably give it to Kitchen Rush as an evolution of Walkstar, I think. Yeah, I I feel more strongly than you do. I think this is our most do. serious one yet. We're really taking this one seriously. <laughs> I, of, course I, food. of course you are. I feel more strongly than you do about consumption. I, I was very impressed with it. I think yeah. of all the games that we've talked about, it has the strongest theme. Okay. Hands I, down. I, I, I completely agree. Um, and I also like to, it's funny, I actually played an early pre-release version of it. She actually uh, contacted me and I, I played it while I was still, before Travis Chance ever saw it. And at that point, it was a very strong pro-vegan game. And everything you did, if it wasn't vegan, was bad for you. And, uh, and, I, and I, my biggest feedback to her was, look, you got to make this game for everybody, not just for you. <laughs> there actually is someone in there now who like, you're like trying to eat junk food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I don't mind if they have. Um, I actually like the more balanced diets myself over the specialized ones, but it works. Um, okay, well, so okay, here's. I'm going to put that on the bubble. I'm not, um, I'm, I'm not vetoing it yet, but what else did we have? All right, so we also had Viva Java, um, Scoville, uh, Walkstar, uh, Point Salad, um, New York Slice. Uh, I was also going to mention, I don't know if you played the little game from. Um, Jason Kotaski, uh, filler. 
the, the name of the game is filler. No, 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 I haven't. Oh, oh that's okay. like one of those deck builder, the deck building game type. Uh, jokes. No, I don't. It actually, I don't feel like it's made to be a joke. It's actually about filling desserts. I, it okay. might, I, I don't. They didn't reference it, unlike greater than games. Um, there's a lot of cool little games. Like I would have probably. Well, there's yeah. like there's like that um another card drafting game that was about running uh, an ice cream van, right? I remember oh, that oh, one. Oh, oh, oh. Well, that one I really like, but I assumed you didn't play that one. Rocky Road a la mode. Yeah, right. Thank you. Rocky Road a la mode. No, I yeah. Uh, that was that was a really cool one. All those little uh, colorful pops you make. Yeah, I like that one. Oh, and there was a Rondell game. Yeah, it was a very good little Rondell for beginners type thing. It was sharp. Yeah, that one deserves consideration, I think. I'm really surprised, considering how many years you spent bemoaning the lack of food-themed games. Or no, no, you always bemoan the lack of supermarket games. That's what it was. Well, there still is very few of those, although I guess you can go to the supermarket in consumption. So yeah. there's a, a, most food-themed games are very, very simple in the sense of, here's a bunch of candy, collect this much candy. Here's yeah, a, yeah. Here's a, a cake, split the cake and take some of it. And, and that's fine. That works well, but there's... Like, but those are practically a, abstract games with just a food theme layered on top. Like there's an old as Europe, opposed to Kitchen Rush, where it's all about real food and real decisions about food, which is an argument for consumption. Like, have you played Ristorante Italiana? No. Yeah, see, that's like an older Euro game, and it was about building a plate of food and then serving them in the restaurants. I like that. Some people even consider Vinhos. Uh, uh, oh, yeah, there's, there's like a whole spate of wine-themed games, wasn't there? I'm, sure. Honestly, I... I guess why or liquids are food, but that doesn't. Fe- I I don't think I would put a liquid-based game in my top ten food All games. Right, no worries. I'll cross off Viva Java. Fortunately, we only have five to pick. Yeah, we and pick- you know what? The more I think about it, that little reminder about how so many foods are really just abstract games with Candy Crush themes thrown on top of it really does make me come back to consumption. All right. Well, then you could pick the final one. Okay. Well, then it's Cuisine All Card, baby. All right, I don't even know how to spell it, but I'll put it on the list. Yes. I need to look this up now, though. How? What does it look like? Um, it, well, it's cuisine. C U I S I N E. Yep. All right, here I'm gonna show. And, and you should check it out if you haven't. It's really good. I'm gonna show it to y'all. All righty. It came out in 2015. It's not been played many times. It's from no, Emotion. Yeah. It was a uh, a first publication. From actually, if I recall correctly, a bunch of video game designers and video game developers who said, "Hey, we're going to put this game out," and they did, and it was promptly forgotten. It's a shame it didn't get picked up because, um, I mean, Star Realms is fine. It's a it's a good game, and Hero Realms is cool, but um, to me, this really elevated. It, it did a lot more interesting stuff within that core structure that There's Star Realms a- kind of popularized. There's actually a watch it played for this. <laughs> and a Rotter oh, really? runs through, of course. Yeah. This is the only game this company ever did. Yeah. Well, like well I, said, I, mean, I think it was it's just the a only board game. They made the game and they had no ambitions other than, look, we made our game. We can play it with our families. It's, pro- it's professionally produced. We're going to go back to our regular lives now, which is what a lot of Kickstarter games are. And there's nothing wrong with that. Well, this is ranked on Board Game Geek 6,214, which is actually quite good. Yes. Um, because uh, I know this because I'm currently going through the ones that are 10,000 and below. So, all righty. So that's Sushi Go Party, Kitchen Rush, Chocolate Factory, Consumption, 
and cuisine a la carte. Cuisine a la carte. I feel really good about that list. I think this is our best list. I'm not going to go there, but it's yay. Uh, <laughs> let's <laughs> let's jump to questions. Okay. All right. Hey, we saved some time for questions this time. That's exciting. All right. We can do more um, than three. Well, that all depends on who's answering. Well, yeah, it remains to be seen. But... <laughs> all righty. So if you all have questions, here's a chance to, for us to answer them, realizing, of course, that we don't answer the questions that get asked so much that we put them both. We both, I think we're the only two board game people that have made our own FAQs uh, <laughs> for questions that we get asked all the time. So if you're, yep. if you, many times if we don't answer a question, that's why. Yes, there's, there's, there's even like a generic questions I feel like I should put on the list. Like I'm tired of answering what theme I want to see more in board games. What's my favorite mechanism? You know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. That's a good idea. I don't think I have those on. And you're right, those pop up all the time. I, one of my um, most used FAQ ones is, I really like this game, what should I get? And I do actually have an entry for that. And the answer is, please go to the recommendation form on BoardGameGeek, and you will get 10,000 better answers than you would get from me. Sure, and also, I always tell people on that same thing, I don't know you. You know, exactly. I'm, I'm very hesitant to even tell my friends, but once I get to know a friend really well, I play some games with them, I, yep. then I, even then I might be wrong. So yeah. it's really best that you, that's, again, the whole reason we do these playthroughs and reviews. Exactly. Right. What's our videos? Decide for yourself. So but hey, first, you've got a question. Our first question is... food experience. Yes. Um, that's interesting because there's been so many of them. I could do a top 100 on this one. But I, I, could, I remember, I think, when I was in Korea, and it was after my first year teaching there, a Korean family, who obviously had some money, took the, all the teachers out to eat. And that we went to a Chinese restaurant, uh, I guess a Korean Chinese restaurant, because Chinese restaurants are, I always consider them, there's American Chinese, Korean Chinese, and Chinese. They're very different restaurants. Like, oh, wow. really okay. different. Um, but... We went in there, and they just kept bringing dish after dish. And I had not yet been to China, and that's how China is. They just keep bringing these dishes out, and you all take some of it. But they brought out what I thought were lobsters, but they were shrimp. Then the shrimp were, like, this big. And they brought out this lobster, which was just humongous. And I was sad that I had to share it with the other teachers. But um, <laughs> it was just – it was really well done. It was very nice. It was in a very small restaurant that we had, like – had the whole place to ourselves. It was like a minor little thing off the beaten path, but that is one of my most memorable food experiences. So I'll go with that. Okay, that's a good one. I have three to mention, and I'm really torn between which one to do. I had to pick one. Um, do you want to hear about pizza or Chinese food? Because that'll narrow it down. I will do Chinese because I, I did Korean. Okay. I did Chinese. Well, you that, that's do the too. simplest one. Uh, I, I was 35. I'd been making video games for almost a decade, and my wife and I were saying, hey, we don't have kids. Should we finally do it? Should we pick up sticks and move to Europe? We've been thinking about it. We've been talking about it for years. And it was my 35th birthday, and we went to a local Chinese restaurant that we both really loved. And after the meal was over, I don't remember the meal at all, but we got our fortune cookies, and I opened mine, and it literally said, you will soon go across the great water. And that, we were just, whoa, um, you know, completely <laughs> floored by that. And I carried that little strip of paper in my wallet for years. 
And if anything was ever going bad, I said, look, it's this thing's fault. We could still be in America if it wasn't for this, because that's what it not exactly what pushed us over the top. But it was, you know, we're not big universes talking type people. But I mean, we were talking about it the very second I cracked that cookie and uh, on my 35th birthday. So that was a pretty memorable moment. Definitely. All right. All right. Monica wants to know, have you ever gotten up from the table mid game and why? And I'm assuming this is excluding emergencies. Oh, mid-game. I thought you said, and made a game. Have we gotten up and just walked away from a game that was not an emergency? All right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I would say so. Occasionally, I mean, I work really, really hard to make sure. I mean, unlike Tom, who you know says, hey, world, send me your games. I don't care. Bring them. Bring them. Well, Hit me, not, bro. Not quite. Let's, let's, that, I, I have, but, I have a but. limit. I am very, very cautious, and I say, hey, don't send me your game until I've read your rule book, and I say no nine out of ten times. So by the time it hits our table, it's already been pretty thoroughly vetted. But still, occasionally, we'll get halfway through a game and like, oh, oh, I don't know. Do you want to keep going? I don't want to keep going. Do you want to keep? No. And we, and we'll, I mean, because when that happens, um, we have no particular desire to prolong that. Because while every turn we're taking in a game that, oh, this isn't working for us, we could be doing anything else. And so when that happens, uh, we stop halfway through. I contact the publisher and say, hey, I'm sorry. We really didn't like your game. Do you still want me to do that video? Because I don't think it'll do you any good. Here's some feedback if it was like a Kickstarter prototype and they could fix stuff. But that happens occasionally. And we early on decided it is not worth the trouble to plow through to the other side. Yes. Maybe it would all come together in the final round, and it would be amazing. But you know what? Once we're a few rounds in, nine times out of ten, we pegged it because we've played enough games to know. Well, that, sure. I'm trying to think the last time this happened, like, I mean, it's, I, I'll never forget one time my daughter hit her head and had Ooh. to go to the hospital. Oh. oh, my. And I was at a gaming thing. My wife called me, and I remember, like, the... You know, in the movies when they show that camera zoom up on someone and the background fade away, I, I, I could feel that. And I was just like, I have to go. I, I don't I dropped everything. I said, uh, I'll get the games from you guys later. And they're like, go. And I went. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that was an emergency. And that's yeah. she was fine. It was just a forehead, you know, cut. But, you know, when you get your cut in your forehead, tons of blood. Um, but uh, like for a bad reason. I mean, we I've stopped games in the middle, too, but usually the group is like, thank you. Thank you for stopping the game. <laughs> you were the only thing keeping it going in the first place. Well, yeah. my rule of thumb is if everybody, mostly everybody feels pretty strongly about stopping a game, we'll stop it, of course. I don't want to make people do things, something they don't like doing. If there's one person who really wants to finish the game, they have to have a really good reason if it's like four people and one person like, I want to finish. I'm like, why do you want to finish? Is it because you want to win? Because then we'll just declare you the winner right now. Yeah, we, we can acquiesce right now. Right. But if it's because you love the game, then sure, we'll finish it for you. And it's usually yeah. because they want to win. Or sometimes they'll go, I was just about to do this strategic thing. I'm like, fine, well, let's just let's keep going until you – and then usually, almost always, they do that thing and they're like, oh, yeah, okay, I'm good. <laughs> but I left a table out of anger 15 years ago maybe, 20 years uh -oh. ago. What it's happened? been – it's been so long. I'm, uh, I think it was, well, diplomacy, I think, for sure. Oh, sure, sure. Um, 
Well, diplomacy is designed to have you leave the table, right? Sure. Don't you have to go into back rooms and negotiate. Well, yeah, you do. <laughs> Once we get to 25, 35 years ago, then as a kid, I think it's happened, but not too often. Oh, of course, yeah, as a kid. I'm I sure usually just don't get that mad. I mean, I get mad during a game they're... occasionally, but I won't quit the game over it. I assume, I'm sure I'm sure the, the underlying question here, ha, have you ever done it out of anger? And the closest I have ever been, because really the reality is my wife and I, we're b best friends. You know, we, we're very compatible, so we don't have that problem. Sure, the best closest friends I ever argue. came to walking away in anger was that game with Jason Levine of Princess of Florence. <laughs> but the problem was he drove me there. So I could have gotten up and left and said, okay, we're leaving, Jason. Now drive me to Tom's place. And that just didn't. So I'm like, okay, I got to make this work. And then that's when I had my moderate-sized blow-up of, Jason, you are ruining this game for everyone. And I had to raise my voice. And actually, the, re the reality was, everybody else at the table was totally used to Jason. They were like, no, we're used to it. It's fine. It's normal. <laughs> oh, okay, Jason, you are ruining this game for me. <laughs> All right. What's your favorite airport to travel through? Ooh. <laughs> um... Do you have one? I've got kind of an odd choice. Well, to travel through. <sighs> well, I mean, through means beginning and ending. You do move through it if it's your final destination or what have uh, you. Okay, because I really like the Malaysia airport in KL. Um, but in America, it's going to be Atlanta. I like Atlanta just because I've gone through oh, sure. so much. I know where everything is. I know that I know where there's the quiet spot that I can go to that no one else goes to. I know where the, all the good restaurants are. I. That at, at, in America, easy Atlanta. Overseas, definitely Malaysia. Mm. Yep. Okay. Um, America for me is probably Seattle, but that's more anything else because I've spent so much time there. Because when we lived in Seattle, we were fairly close to SeaTac Airport, and so we were always dropping people off and picking them up just because. Hey, you're three miles away. Could you come and do this for us? When we were in our twenties. But the real one for me is a very very tiny little Podunk Airport in Redmond, Oregon. And the reason for that is uh, that was our local little, you know, puddle hopper, you know, prop plane airport. And a million years ago, when I was first in the video game industry, and we were working on builds for um, Siphon Filter, we would, uh, you know, this was before the internet, before we could, hey, let's just email the latest build or put it on an FTP server and let them download. We would work all night long getting the latest build together for Sony that we had to send off the next morning, and we'd burn the discs. And um, then I remember Susan Agashira and I, at 4 o'clock in the morning, and this happened almost weekly for half a year, would drive almost an hour to get to the Redmond Airport and drop off this build that had to get to San Francisco within two hours so they could start testing it that day. And that was an incredibly stressful time in my life. And um, one of the few reasonably good things was that sense of accomplishment every time I handed off another one of those discs at the Redmond Airport. And uh, they didn't understand, why do you keep showing up every day or every week at 4 a.m. to send this to San Francisco? Because, again, this was back in the 90s and it made no sense. There was no concept of it. But you know, I, I do remember, I remember that whole time in my life very vividly. And um, like I said, that was, whew, okay, we made it through another mini crunch. This is done. I can take a day off, and then it's going to get insane again as we start getting ready for the next one. So <laughs> that's, a, that's a really near and dear personal one for me. All right. What's your favorite role in Pandemic? Ooh. Um, 
basically, we talked about this. The, you know, the generalist is, um, which I was wrong. I said six. It was five actions. My mistake. Um, I think the scientist. I really like the scientist. Which one's the scientist? He he lets you he lets you cure something with fewer cards. Okay, I don't remember the name, but I, I can't remember the name. But I just remember the functions. The one that allows you to move other people. The dispatcher. The dispatcher. I have always in every group game I have always played a support character wherever possible. That's all. I always just like having my turns being devoted to helping other people do what they want to do. So dispatcher has always been perfect for me. What if you just tell people what to do in their turn? I'm going to move you here. Like, I, I, don't, I, I don't want you to move me there, but that's the best move for there you. Is a caveat, I think there's a caveat in the rule book about having to have their permission. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't in the original book, though. So I say, hey, we're going by original rules, baby. You're going where I say you go. I am dispatching you. All right. What's your best board game acquisition done by trading? Oh, yeah. Trading. I used to do math trades all the time, um, as I revealed in last yes, week. We, we know right. about your math trading there. Uh, well, <laughs> I'll tell you mine, because mine's, mine's really easy. I played yeah. Warhammer 40,000, uh, collected a gigantic army of Eldar, and I was kind of done with that part of my life. And so I went online to look for someone to trade it to and found Richard Borg. Didn't know him oh, wow. very well at the time. So he took my whole collection because he said he was going to make a futuristic version of Command and Colors. So he's going to use my models for stuff like that. And he gave me one of everything he had designed at the time. Jeez Louise. And so there were games I hadn't heard of. Were you Tom Vassell at that point? Or Not, were you just random internet person? I was more, I was like doing some reviews. Wasn't very okay. strong. I was like very young Tom Vassell. How's that? Okay, all right. Uh, to the point where I don't even have the... I don't even have the emails saved anymore, and I keep a lot of emails pretty far back. Okay. Um, but it was pretty neat. I got these boxes and boxes of board games and that he had designed, and I'm, here I am playing Hera and Zeus and a Liar's Dice and, you know, of course, wow. mem- uh, not memoir because that hadn't come out yet, but Battle Line and stuff. It was really neat. And that was a nice jump start to the hobby for me, one of the jump starts for me. That was a really good trade. I, 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 I was glad to have done that. That's amazing, yeah. Good on him. I I can't follow that. I don't have anything. When I first got into the hobby uh, back in 2010, and uh, I was trying to discover what it is that Jen and I even like and doing a lot of experiments and finding more often than not, I failed and ended up getting clunkers that we just did not enjoy. I very quickly realized, oh, there is no danger here at all. If I don't like it, I'll just put in the next math trade and it'll be gone and I'll get something else. And so in that time, I probably traded... I don't. I can't say hundreds of games, but it feels like it. It was just a constant flow, um, and I felt like, oh well, you know what? The the amount I'm having to spend for shipping this game to somebody else because they're going to get me back a game of comparable value. That was kind of like my rental fee. If I think of it as renting a movie, yeah, I never think twice about you know the cost to rent a movie. I didn't think twice about but getting any was, game I wanted. Shipping was clearly cheaper back then. It was a lot cheaper back then. Um, yeah, things are very different now. When I moved back to the States a couple of years ago, I thought, this is it. I'm going to go back to hardcore math trading. And I got in my first one, and I, I, I made three or four nice trades. I was happy with them. And then I took them down to the post office. And, what? 120 bucks to send four games? What are you talking? This is ridiculous. And then I stopped doing math trades, sadly. And that was the end of that. 
Alrighty, let's see. Ooh, best TV show theme song? We should save that for a top five someday. That's a good one. Yes, come back on Fridays when we do non-game related ones. Uh, that's interesting. What's your worst board game experience feel like? And and this is kind of interesting because it doesn't have to necessarily be something that, you know, like my first thought is, oh, I'm really mad. So that some, someone made me mad in the game. But there can also be I brought a game to the table. I thought everyone would love it. And they didn't. Yep. Um, I I know exactly. I can remember. I can remember it vividly. Um, well, I have to uh, apologize it's, first. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. It was in, it was entirely unrelated to the Dice Tower. Um, although, yeah, that Carson City game and that um, you know that oh, that even started thing, when I came to your place. That was. <laughs> no, there were some highs and lows that day. There was definitely but, a low point. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. Um, what was it? Stockpile, I think, is the name of the excellent market manipulation game, right? Yes. Where if you want, you can play as Donald Trump, but that's not what the issue was. When I The first time Jen and I played Stockpile a few times, we really liked it a lot. I was very impressed by it. But then we had some friends of ours over, and we played a four-player game. And I still remember, I don't remember what card it was, but... I, you know, a big part of stockpile is, oh, you've got some junk cards. Okay, put them in and make sure you stay away from that particular pile of stocks because it's bad. But somebody's going to get that pile of stocks eventually. Right. And I remember putting it in there. And as soon as I did, oh, my God, whoever takes that deck is going to be ruined. And Angela took it. And I'm like, and I'm oh. I am, oh, please, Angela, don't take it. Just don't take it. I should take it myself. It's just so. And, you know, and, and she took it. And she was looking at cards. And, and her face just crumbled and just and and my soul just crumbled i, and I realized i can never play this game again I, I still remember that and i don't know if you remember it angela in case you're watching this but oh man that was that that was a very defining moment for me as i realized yeah um any kind of cutthroatedness it's 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 out i'm, I'm never gonna experience the feeling that it engenders in me to do something that sets somebody else back so hard. Because it was a brilliant play. I don't remember. I think it might have won me the game. It certainly completely knocked Angela out. And she did not recover. And for the rest of the game, she had a, she, you know, she, she was chipper. She put on a good face. But, oh, I still remember it. Uh, the sinking feeling in my, the pit in my stomach. I think for her, she's like, oh, well, that's too bad. I'll move on. But I felt so awful. Yeah, I, I don't care so much about that. I'll, I'll giggle about that. I, I mean... <laughs> No, I mean, there are some people I feel bad about doing something to. Especially, I feel bad sometimes in a game where you can see someone's domino effects. They're already losing, and then they turn over the one bad event card. And then the one action they were going to do, I picked, even though I didn't know that was what they wanted to do. Sure. You sure, know, sure. just one of those those games. I've had... I, one of them was I played with a guy when I was in Korea who was a captain in the army... And we played, um, we played uh, an old Avalon Hill game about airplanes, okay. Air, something tycoon, jet tycoon, airport tycoon, whatever. And he kept calling. He 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 was one of those guys who would complain if he's winning, you know, like, oh, I'm not winning, I'm not winning, you know. Oh, that. Yeah, one of the, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was already enough of that, but he kept rolling and he kept saying the dice were 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 loaded dice. And they were going against him. He kept complaining and going on and on and on and on. And this is like a three-hour game. So we're just going on. And after hour two, 
I, I don't know what happened. I snapped. I stood up and shouted at him and said, shut up now. This is like a captain in the U.S. Army. Um, you, you, you said, shut up now and thank you for your service. No, I didn't, I didn't thank him for his service at all, actually. Um, I really laid into him. And I, I don't do that normally, like, at all. Uh, oh, my gosh. Um, and so the, we finished the game, right? And he won, of course. And then... I saw him a couple days later, and I apologized. And he apologized, and we never played another game again. <laughs> you know? And I, I felt bad about my reaction. I shouldn't let myself get pushed that much. But, man, it was one of those things. So, that again, i like to point out this was many, many years ago. All right. Yeah. This is a good question. What game took the most time to do a review, not counting legacy games? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... Well, I'm going to assume that includes the entirety of not, not just the actual making of it, but, you know, everything that I had to do up until then. And again, not counting legacy games, because, of course, you got to play through 10, 12, 14 games. Just a regular game. For me, nothing comes close to myth. Uh, I remember myth put me through the ringer in such a big, bad way because I really liked the game a lot. I love the core mechanisms. But, you know, full well, Tom, uh, that talk about book, myth. Yeah, I know, I know. Well, I mean, I, that, that, I'm sorry to bring it up. It's, it, it, but it just, it's, I, I probably spent at least a week and a half full time on the forums for Board Game Geek and what was the publisher? Was it, no, it wasn't Monolith, I forget. Uh, but, what, you know, they, they had very active forums and I was constantly in there. Yeah, but what about this? What about this? And Jen and I would play another game and we actually ended up playing a game with David and Angela so we could see the four player. I, I played that game Megacon so games. much. And um, and I, I had to work so hard to make sense of it. And eventually, ironically, I then went on ahead and did the video. And it's probably still one of my most error-laden videos. Because even after almost two weeks of prep work, I was still in the dark about so much stuff on that game. And, um, and yeah. So and the less it, said about that, the better, I suppose. No, Sorry, that's fine. It no, it actually taught me a lesson. So for myth, yeah. for us... The designers said, hey, I'll fly in and teach you guys the game. And I was like, yeah, why not? And yeah. so he did. And we went over and reviewed it. And people said, how come you didn't mention how bad the rule book was? I was like, well, because, you know, we got taught the game. And we got we got raked over the coals for that. Exactly. And justly so. So I don't yeah. do that much at all anymore. And it wasn't just you. I took a lesson from that, too, because I saw that happening. And I totally understood because, honestly, halfway through that process, if they had offered to fly to my house, I would have said, yes, please. Please, please. <laughs> yeah. I'm dying over here. Uh, uh, they would have had to fly to Malta. So that wasn't going to happen. Um, but I, I, I saw that same flack. And to this day, I will get publishers for Kickstarter games saying, hey, if you want, we'll do a FaceTime with you or, or whatever. And we'll walk you through it. And I always say, no. Send me the rules. I'm going to learn it myself because I do think that was like a very kind of important moment for for our profession, really. Yes. So I mean, I, I think you 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 <laughs> you're all welcome. Created a good um, <laughs> you know uh, process that I think we should all pay attention to. All right. So quickly for me, uh, there was easily there was there was two. One is silly. The other's not. The one was Gloomhaven uh, because oh, sure. I really wanted to make this a good review. It wasn't the first review. And I, I, I wanted to play it, and I thought about it, and I eventually split it into two things. I did a review, and then I did a Why I Love Gloomhaven. Um, but I really, there was just so much in that game that I, I sat and thought about it and worked on it for a while. And then Battlecon, uh, War of Endines. Endines, yeah, okay. Endines, not, uh, I, f I forget which one it was. It was the second one. 
And in this that's one... A, that's a Street Fighter style game, right? Yes. And in okay. this game, he has all these cards for the characters and extra cards and alternate art cards and everything. And I did my component drop for this game without thinking, Brah, right? And then realized oh, no. it wasn't clear what cards went to which person. And it oh, also wow. wasn't listed in the rule book. And that t- took hours and hours of me sitting there slowly going online, looking at the pictures, comparing them, trying to figure out which cards went to which, which is why in these kind of games you will not see component drops anymore because I've learned my <sighs> lesson, or I'll cheat and just grab like four characters and be like, look, that's the whole game probably. Yep, yeah. Um, so. And it was after that that the Dice Tower hired their first intern, I suppose. No, I, I actually still, okay, that's not true. I don't sort out that much. But I sort out, if it's a card game, I often sort those out because I like sorting cards for one. Hmm. And two, I could do it better than the, the kids can to some degree. But, oh, wow. That, that was a, a, a very fun thing. Yeah. Alrighty, well, that's it. We're at 3 o'clock. We're going to be back again, folks, at 2 o'clock on Rado's channel. Rado runs through. This is this coming Friday. Anything yep. else people have to look forward to? Uh, no, not particularly. Oh, this Saturday, which I'll remind everybody on Friday, Rotto Runs Through Live returns. After a two-year hiatus, Jen and I are going to start once again doing monthly live playthroughs of games for everybody to tune in and watch. Uh, one of the games we'll be doing this Saturday is Trails of Tucana. So um, go find the link for it now because you can download the sheet so that you will be able to play along with Jen and I because it's a nice little bingo-y roll and write. So, uh, yeah, that's the other big thing coming for me this week. All righty. Well, that's that. Um, we got other stuff coming out. I got just now, I, I just started my new series, 10,000 Games and Below, where I look at games ranked 10,000 or lower on Board Game Geek. All righty. Well, until all next right. time, I'm Tom Vassell. I'm Rado. We'll see you all next time. Bye, everybody. everybody, I'm Tom Vassell. Hey, everybody. It's me, Richard. Rotto. And we have something to talk to you about today. We're talking about board games, and we'll talk about non-board games. But before we talk about any of that, we're talking about birthdays. <laughs> Happy birthday to who? To Richard. He is 43. Congratulations. That's very kind of you to say. That is very kind of you to say. I'm 51, 51 years young today. Or, as my mom pointed out, okay, you're going down the hill now. Oh, is Which, that how that works? I told, yep. I told the kids in my class when I turned 35, I was like, I'm halfway to death. They were not as amused. <laughs> and then I was told you shouldn't say that stuff to students. And yeah, okay. So, um, yep. Well, folks, we're really glad that you're here, and happy birthday, Rado, and thanks for showing up on your birthday instead of going out on the town like you might have not done yep. anyway. It remains to be seen what will happen with the rest of the day. Actually, I do know one thing. I'm gonna, after this, I'm going to have to spend an hour on hold with tech support to help my mother-in-law through the problem she's having with her modem that I cannot go help her with in person. Oh, someone said my mic is quiet. Oh, really? Yeah, normally you're like uh, 30% louder than me. I guess so. I don't know. I usually turn mine down so that I'm not overpowered long. All right, folks, tell me how it sounds now. Anyhow, we are here talking about board games. We got a few segments. You don't have a board game on the table. It really is your yes. birthday. <laughs> That's a good point, yeah. Oh, I could have I should have left this out. I filmed this yesterday.
And then I shut down and I put it away, just on autopilot. Imagine this is laid out in front of me. Can you uh, give us like a sneak peek on your on your on your liking or not liking of it? Um, I think it's a great gateway game. I think you know it it it, it you know it's a great alternative to w- Lords of Waterdeep if you've got friends who are linked towards that subject matter rather than fantasy stuff. And I thought it was way way too light for Jen's and my taste. Okay, fair enough. But I like yep. it. I guess I'm a lighter I'm a lighter gamer. <laughs> yeah, you're a broader gamer. A broader. Come on now. And I'm, I'm, wow, here we go. <laughs> That's okay. If I make I a joke. I have lost six pounds uh, in the last three weeks, so I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about that, actually. Don't know why I felt the need to announce that. but <laughs> <laughs> I, I know why you announced it. All right, so let's, <laughs> let's jump to the first part of our uh, thing where we'll take a look at a mechanism on Board Game Geek. And today, we're taking a look at alliances. Um, so the Board Game Geek and Jeff Engelson and who put these together are very clear. Alliances is not negotiation. That's something we'll talk about later. Um, alliances is where you and me will win together. Um, yes. And sometimes they can change throughout the game. And sometimes mm-hmm. negotiation is involved with these. The one that I know of the one I can think of the strongest is the very classic game Dune, where on most every game of it I've ever seen two or in the original one, three people would win together. Your mm. victory conditions would change, but there would be an official alliance section in the game. You know, and now I'm you... curious. Obviously, you've experienced that. I have not. Do you find an alliance-based win as satisfying as a win you pulled off on your own? You know, I really do. And I don't, well, not 100% as satisfying. I mean, <laughs> there's something about pulling it off on your own that's really cool. But if it's expected in the game, and the number one game is one of my favorites, Cosmic Encounter, um, I don't mind it because it's written into the rules. Like, I despise when I get to the end of a game that I'm trying to win, and it's like, rejoice in your shared victory. Because I, <laughs> I wasn't trying to get a shared victory. Now, if I'm trying to get a shared victory, that's okay. I just think <clears> of it as a team game then. And I like the idea of being able to change back and forth the the teams so cosmic encounter is and and dune have this in them and they're both designed by the same team rising sun has an alliances that happen that's from eric lang they have werewolf here i don't well that's the thing i mean i don't know maybe there's some weird little esoteric role that actually has you make a rules sanctified alliance because otherwise obviously werewolf like a lot of games is a game where you're making unofficial alliances all the time yeah, and then breaking them and turning against your former um, teammates. But yeah, I never heard that Werewolf has an official... Yeah, if you're playing this person, you can literally form a pact and the two of you will... Or, or no, I guess is there? It's, it's an implicit alliance, right? Because if the werewolves are beaten, all humans are in an alliance together, aren't they? I guess. By, de- by hmm. definition. And by the same token, the werewolves are in an alliance together, but... That's more of a team. I think for it to be an alliance game, you have to be able, sanctified by the rules, to enter into a, a new arrangement that was not implicitly put on you as part of setup, right? Because otherwise, it's a team game instead of an alliance game. Okay, so they have in here... Yeah, you're right. If there is team-based game as a mechanism we're going to come up to. Yeah. It says the alliances can change um, over the course of the game. I wonder if some people here are asking in the comments 
if Rising Sun counts, because in Rising Sun, you don't win or lose together. It's just that if you're allied, you get a special bonus if your ally picks an action. So each round, you pick an action like Puerto Rico type thing. And if you're allied, your ally also gets to do the action. Hmm. And you also can't attack each other and stuff during that round. Yeah. Uh, uh, that, that seems... I mean, obviously, there's going to be edge cases um, that you could argue for. But no, I mean, I, I would say... I mean, well, actually, what did Jeff say? That's the question, because he's the professor here. And diplomacy uh, doesn't fit the list, folks, because you don't have any actual alliance. You can immediately betray someone two seconds after you tell them you won't. Yeah. Um, these Which is also the- why... The uh, Game of Thrones game does not count, even though that's definitely a game of making temporary alliances until you decide, okay, I'm done with you. Time to stab you in the back. Uh, Someone said there's a couple in Werewolf, the lovers. That's right. You pick somebody else. There you go. (laughs) Yeah. So, again, folks, to be really clear, this isn't negotiation. That's all completely different. I mean, it's not completely different. It's a side thing. Um, Yeah. Negotiation, you can do what you want, you know, in almost any game. Um, but, uh, which is also an interesting topic we should talk about sometime, like the role of negotiation in a Euro game. Because people have some different opinions on that. Like some people think it shouldn't be allowed in at all. But we'll wait till we get to negotiation. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, that one, I've, I have negotiated. I have a lot to say about negotiation, even though I never play games like that. Uh, because that's kind of part of my implicit nature, is to turn anything into a negotiation. Yeah, that's the truth of it. Um, yeah. So, all right. Well, that's alliances. Uh, again, right. it's not it's not a very big category. It's an interesting one. I like. I guess Peter Olatka and his crew have like the main focus on it, where you are allied with somebody. It's a it's a temporary thing, but it is a actual thing by the rules of the game. Yeah, and it is interesting that this is fairly narrow. I could imagine there being an occupation card in Agricola that allows you to pick somebody and if they agree to enter an alliance. And now, oh, we're working together and we can share resources, but we have to suffer some huge penalty that slows us down. Why? Where's that card? If I ever make a promo, that's the one I'm making. Because that would be cool. <laughs> that would be cool. All righty. Let's jump to our top five list. All right. And here we go. Give us a top five category, uh, non-game related if possible. Although right. if I don't get any good ones, we'll just do a game related one. Um, I'll pick some of these. I'll toss them to Rado. He'll pick one, and then we'll give you the definitive. hundred percent. It's Rado's birthday, so he breaks ties. List. Oh, is that the special? All right. That's my birthday present. <laughs> oh, thanks, buddy. Hmm. <laughs> well, that's a good one. I'll see if Ooh, I can figure it out. Also a good one. Uh, yeah, that was short. But then think about it this way. We'll have more time to answer questions. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Oh, these are good. Yeah. I don't think There's never a lack of questions. Pick that one. Yeah, I know. There's so many different fives you could do. Ooh, okay. I already got them, folks. I apologize. Wow. But these first five You're were excited. very good. Yeah, they were. All right, here we go. Top All five right. video game soundtracks. Top five chores to do over the weekend top five tv theme songs 
And yep, that top, came up last week, and so they, top, they, it came back, yeah. And top five worst movie cliches. Oh. I told you these were good. These are good. Cliches, video game soundtracks, TV theme songs. What was the other one? Chores to do on the weekend. <laughs> I, I think we have to, um, there, there, at this point, for many of us, there's no such thing as a weekend anymore. So I think we'll, we'll, have to, we'll have to celebrate that one at some point in the future. So I am definitely leaning towards video game soundtracks versus TV. Oh, I love both of those so much. Oh, I don't know. What do you think? Um, you know, I feel like we really hit a big video game one a couple weeks ago. Should we double down on that? But no, did we do a TV one already as well? Last week we did cartoons. Yes, we did. We, yeah, we've done video games and TV uh, with cartoons and um, NES games. Well, that, okay, I'm just going to keep on um, you know, following that pattern. We've done our TV one. Now it's time for another video game one. Top five video game soundtracks, if you can do it. I have some very strong opinions on this, but... <laughs> I have very strong opinions as well. Um, um, I'm very, very comfortable with this. Although, because, I should preface, I have not seriously been into board games for probably eight or nine years. Or video someone, games, I should say. Oh, too late. So, I want someone um, to cut that segment out. I, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, right. And uh, so my, my picks are going to be a little bit more old school because, as well, has previously been established, I am very old school. Let me ask you and, this. Do you ever listen to video game music outside of a video game? I have two. Two of my suggestions, yes, that um, I love them so much. They, I sought them out, and they went into my rotation of just you know background music, work, music I play at work. What about orchestral versions of video game songs? Have you ever listened to those? Oh, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Um, I have been to an orchestral uh, you know, arrangement or performance of you know, the works of I, whoever is the composer behind the Zelda games, you know, and, and he has a much wider range than that. Now, I've actually been to one, and it was beautiful. It's interesting. Um, I, on, this, on this topic, I read an article one time interviewing, and I apologize, I forget his name, the person who did a lot of the music for the Mario games. And he said that one of the challenges to making this music is you have to make music that people are going to hear over and over and over and over and over again. But you don't want them to get irritated by it. Exactly. That, you know, they, they don't even notice. Um, I guess that's probably less of a problem these days. Um, you know, that's certainly something he was having to deal with back in the day when, sorry, you get, you get a half a K, for, and that's it. So um, whereas now, I mean, you could score an entire level if you want uh, because there's no longer those kinds of restrictions. But um, the first one I will mention is unassailable. Absolutely. Uh, definitely the best soundtrack of any video game in history, and that would be the the old LucasArts spaghetti western game. Was it Outlaws? I believe it was called Outlaws. I'm going to double-check that. LucasArts Outlaws. Is that right? Yes, it was. And I don't know if you know it, Tom. Uh, I did not play this one. I played several of the LucasArts games, but not... This one. Oh yeah. Uh, well, it was um, it was is a first person shooter using the same engine that um, oh what's it uh, the, uh, the the Star Wars game first person shooter they did and it's it's a really good game in and of itself but that music is perfection pulled right out of you know um, good the bad and the ugly 
or uh, you know the man with no name you know uh, pick any Sergio Leone uh, you know epic western and and you know and those soundtracks from the movies are so ingrained especially good to bad and the ugly and I always felt Outlaws did such an amazing job it was it was early days it I don't remember was it MIDI bass and I just had a good sound card I think it was actually full orchestral I think they had a digital uh, soundtrack so it sounded miles above everything else that you could hear at that time with your crappy MIDI uh, cards on PCs. And it was it was a work of art. That is one that I had for years. And, um, you know, I, I, I cannot recommend it highly enough. I can't be alone. I'm sure there are people out there that are backing there me up There are on some this. people. I'm a... Uh... Yeah. I don't know if, if uh, Nino Morricone actually did it, but whoever did... Um, you know, compose it was channeling him. Interesting. I'm listening to it. Oh, okay. Huh. Alrighty. Well, you feel very strongly about this? I do. Is that my birthday present? No, yeah, I'll give it to you, but I'm going to fight you on the rest of them then. All right. Okay. All right. Well, I'm glad we got that out of the way. All right. Here's my first one. Now, this one I'm really struggling with because there are two from the same franchise and I like them both almost equally and that would okay. be Final Fantasy 6 or 3 whatever you want to call it or Final Fantasy 7 they're both extremely powerfully scored pieces of music um, obviously Final Fantasy 7 has better music because it was on a compact disc and you know uh, from PlayStation Final Fantasy 3 though has an opera sequence and I still know it was an opera sequence that was done that in was a, MIDI that was an actually playable fight wasn't it well, there was like a whole opera. Da, 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 da. And I still remember it. And it was done in MIDI and it was still really good. Um, yes. The, uh, but man, I still remember the song when Aerith had the thing that happened to her that should, everyone should know at this point because, <laughs> oh, wow. you know, I, is, I don't believe this. ever something. Well, no, no, actually, you're right. You shouldn't. We should avoid uh, uh, seven spoilers because it's getting its relaunch now. And there's going to be a whole new generation of people who don't know anything. So obviously, Final Se Fantasy seven spoilers are a good thing to avoid. I, I, I would I would have actually that now that we said ago, this, I'm, I'm going to put this on my on my on my list of things to do, because I wonder if I can go find the new soundtrack. I wonder if they've updated the soundtrack. Yeah. And, you know, because of that, because it's updated, it's new and everything. I'm going to offer up Final Fantasy VII because I think I, I like the music for all the Final Fantasies. I've sure. liked it. To the, I mean, part of it's just evocative. When I hear the loading screen, I'm like, do 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 do. I'm just ah, and the fight scenes and everything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, I mean, there, to me, I mean, probably one out of every ten videos I do while I'm just playing along and I actually complete a quest. Nine times out of ten, I'll go do 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 while we're all going ah like that. That's true. That's true, though. I don't know what it is. I it's very satisfying. I really love that that music. Anyway, that's that that would be so. So you are going for seven over three because honestly, you so had me because I remember that opera. And that you're right. That I can really... switch to three. I don't care. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. I mean, I guess you could just broadly give it to Final Fantasy because there's so yeah. many highlights over fifty we bajillion. Do, we could do what we but want. I, I'll, I'll, all right, all right Final Fantasy. I'm right, Final Fantasy. Yeah, yeah. And, and with with a with a special nod to three, because right. three was still had its foot in 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 the in the origin, but it really elevated 
beyond where they started. I, I would totally agree with that. All right. What do you got next? You said you had two that really were strong for you. What's the other one? Yes. Well, the other one, unfortunately, I am certain I will be shocked if anybody else remembers a Super Nintendo game called Act Razor. A C T R A I S E R. I can do it all for you right now. Um, you know, uh, it, it was, it, you know, it was still a mini soundtrack, but it sounded orchestral, and it had one of the biggest, most bombastic, sweeping, you know, a dun 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 dun. You know, I mean, I, 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 there was just such a range. Uh, it wasn't, you know, like you were talking about Mario music tries to be innocuous. And just, hey, it's just there in the background. It's kind of catchy. It doesn't draw attention to itself. ActRaiser said, you will listen to me while you are in an epic side-scrolling um, battle fighting for your life. And the music there, I, you know, I, I, you know, this was back when I was working at Nintendo. And so I played every single Nintendo game that came out because I was a gameplay counselor back in the day. And, and that music, oh, man, um, it, it's just so orchestral in a time when you didn't expect that kind of thing um i I see adam's got my back and paul so there's definitely some love out there for act razor i've already given you outlaws i can't give you two esoteric picks i haven't heard we have to i know i know i I realize that you know there are obviously easier picks and you certainly went for a crowd favorite that everybody's familiar with well yeah but you know i'm always i'm always of the opinion and i believe this with board games and everything else that just because something is a crowd favorite doesn't automatically make it lose a point either. You yep. know, when people say, oh, what's, oh, you just like that game because everyone else does. No, I like that game because it's good. It just happened to be one everyone likes. Yeah. Well, so you're, you're going to, on my birthday, <laughs> this, this is, this is yes. how you do. Yes, on your birthday. I gave you Outlaws. Um, Folks, mark this day. <laughs> Tom Vassell has revealed his true colors once and for all. <laughs> um, <I'm> the <laughs> but the Actraiser fans, they know what I'm talking about. All right, smart guy, then you tell me something that's truly universal. You got to talk about it, so there was that. That's true, I, yeah. I don't know that you – actually, I know you have not played this game, so I'm just going to give this one a nod because okay. I know I know that you won't agree with it necessarily because you probably haven't played the game much, and that would be Skyrim. I think the music for Skyrim is an unbelievable, great background orchestral c- c- score. Yes. Um, I really, really like it. Yep, I'm 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 familiar. I have, uh, I mean, I, I played all the old Elder Scrolls games, you know, the really ugly looking ones, um, and I, I did play Skyrim. Uh, of course, I have my problems with Bethesda, so I, I feel like I need to veto it just on grounds that that don't need to be gone into here. Oh no, no worries. <laughs> um, so I was just mentioning that what I'll really okay, okay. put up there is uh, the Legends of Zelda: Link Awakening to the Past from Super Nintendo. The Super Nintendo one. Because I probably know that entire soundtrack by heart yeah. almost. Do, 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 do. As, you, as you set out on a dark and stormy night for the first time, uh, every, everything about that, yes, that music was perfection. Iconic. Um, and again, you know, another example, like the Final Fantasy one, of, you, know, the, you know, the original NES Zelda stuff was very good too, within the insane confines they've got. But Link to the Past, which is easily in the running for greatest video game of all time, I, I vacillate on that, but yeah, I, I, I wouldn't argue that at all. Okay, and so, if you hadn't, I probably would have recommend. I would have pulled that one up. Totally. Here's the thing, though. Uh, I will say that there's a slight difference here. I like all Zelda music, including the newest one, Breath of the Wild. Yes. Um, but unlike Final Fantasy, 
It's a clear winner for me, Link to the Past. That's easily my favorite of all the of the yeah. Zelda the things. Especially, we're both olds. We're, we're both uh, oldsters. <laughs> and, of course, you know, I mean, these songs came into our lives. I, you know, one thing I've definitely noticed about music, everybody thinks music has gone downhill since they were a teenager. You know, that that's when music hit its zenith, and it's all crap ever since, because that's when... You know, in our mental development, we were discovering music for ourselves, and it made an indelible imprint. And I imagine for both of us, uh, link to the past, that there's a portion of that. But I can put that aside and still argue that it's just a genius piece of work that stands the test of time. And like I said, I have seen it performed full orchestral, so uh, it's 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 a beautiful uh, masterpiece. However, you I have not seen it. it, but I've heard it, and that is one of my favorite things to listen to. It's just yeah. There you if go. If we play an adventure game, let's pull that up. All righty. Okay. Um, there, here's a quirky one. You'll definitely know it. Tetris. Ooh. That's interesting. Bum, 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 bum. I mean, obviously, it wasn't even there. I mean, that's I know it's an old classical piece of music that they just repurposed. I, yeah, yeah. It is now going to be stuck in your head for the rest of the day. See, that's what I wonder why, though, if it's... I mean, it's iconic. I don't know if it's top five, though. Does that make sense? I know what it is. And unlike the rest of them, I think I would get tired of it after a while. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. You hate music. That's fine. You don't want to hear anything from the classics? I think uh, we've we've, uh, drawn a line. That is classic. That's that's also why I love the music from, for example, TIE Fighter was such a great game, but that's yeah. just literally music pulled from Star Wars. Yeah, I'm more of an um, X-Wing guy, but I know exactly what you're talking about, definitely. Well, X-Wing, TIE Fighter, you know, the franchise, yeah. to the yeah. point where when I hear that music in the movies now, if I'm rewatching them, I think of the video game. You have I'm flashbacks like, oh yeah, this is right. This is where I'm fighting the X-Wings and TIE Fighters. It's yeah. it's pretty strong. Um, hmm. Well, <laughs> we got to throw out. The Mario franchise, obviously, just at least talk of about course. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The only question is, I, I the, you know, the original Super Mario Brothers, I think, even though, of course, it's gotten much, much better and, and deeper and richer, it, you talked about it right up front. The skill that is on display to make dun 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 so flawless. And it's so part, it, it is part of the world. I mean, you can go pretty much anywhere in the world and go dun 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 dun, and other people will go bump. I mean, right. I, 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 I threw out Tetris just because I thought it'd be fun. But yeah, obviously Super Mario. All right, but <sighs> which of the Mario's is your favorite? I, mine is uh, 64, actually. I think 64 added a lot of great, um, like the going down the slide. The bum, 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 bum. That's not. Yep. The, the, oh, sure, the, sure, sure. Yeah, I know what you mean. That's not the slide I, music. I, that's honestly, the overall music. You could, but the original, just the fact. That you know, you, you go from the main refrain to dun 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 and to me, that's actually a really important milestone because it really introduced the idea of look how we can fundamentally change the feel of this game um, from one place to another, not just because of the graphics, but because of the music and what it evokes. Oh, and the uh, underwater music—the only game to do that, but it was really strongly felt there in a way that I think its contemporaries weren't. So, my inclination, just to give a doff to the cap to an insane technical achievement, is literally the original Super Mario Brothers. Well, I don't disagree. All right, we got All one right. more. I'm just gonna. For- what, 
while you're thinking, I'm going to throw out a few minor ones that I'd like over the years. I, I always yeah. was a big fan of Super Donkey Kong Country. I, I don't know why that music just appealed to me quite a bit. Uh, I like the music for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, although that's from the show to a bit. Um, <clears throat> Castlevania has always had good classic music in the background. That's so, true. Yeah. Yes. that I mean, yeah, that is great gothic. How do you get something gothic and, and dripping with dread coming out of an 8-bit MIDI synthesizer? And yet they did. Ca- Castlevania, I do think you're right. That's actually an interesting argument. Interesting. I mean, I, I, I'm sure you'll veto it for good reason, but I got to do another shout out for the my, what is my current number one rated video game of all time. And you probably never heard of it. It was, in, it was a, a Nintendo DS title called Elite Beat Agents. I and it's, it's, a, it's a rhythm game. So it's unfair because literally all they did was covers of a lot of really popular pop songs from the 70s and 80s and 90s. And, um, you know, they obviously they didn't have the license to get the original uh, singers. So they just did their own versions of it. And, um, you know, but that game, that is one of the few the first video games that made me cry, that made me weep um, because it's just a simple game. Oh, we're we're the elite beat agents. We're kind of like guardian angels who go around and help people with their problems by dancing and being cheerleaders. <laughs> and it's your job to like tap along to the beat of the music. And most of it, it's silly stuff. Uh, you know, a, a dad tries to defeat Godzilla because he's a baseball player and just crazy, goofy. Uh, you know, a little girl needs help babysitting, um, you know, the, the brat from hell uh, so she can go out with her boyfriend. But halfway through the game, there's this one mission that just completely knocks you out where you are tasked with the goal of helping a mother and her daughter come to terms with the death of the father who is no longer there. And the song was You're My Inspiration, um, which is you know kind of a cheesy ballad. And if I talk about this too much, I will start crying right now. Yes. Um, you know, and uh, you know, it, it, I, I can't give it to it in good conscience because it's not their music. But the use of music in that one level to take what I always thought was just a, a cheesy, silly pop ballad. And um, I will cry if I hear that song because I remember that level where it was my job to help a little girl come to terms with the death of her father. That's not stuff you see in video games hardly ever, let, let alone on a Nintendo DS. All right, it's your birthday. It's your birthday. Don't come down. Um, oh, wow. No, no, because you're getting all... Don't get sad over video yeah, games. I'm getting a little overclimped. Let me uh, <laughs> give you yet another topic. All right. Uh, well, no, no, we still got to pick this last one. Um, we got <laughs> Chrono Trigger has been mentioned. We got um, Metroid... Um, Mega Man. I don't think I. I don't think I'd put Metroid as high as some of the other ones. In all honesty, I mean, honestly, uh, I'm. I'm having a hard time. I, I played. I feel like you know, dozens, and dozens of hours of Metroid. I can't. I remember the sound effects very clearly. Yeah, I, I agree. What about Sonic? Dun, 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 dun. That's good stuff. And in some ways, it's the best thing about the game, really. I mean, and I do think it's kind of crucial in a in a silent way. Honestly, I keep coming back to Castlevania. I agree. I like. Uh, I know there's a lot of people out there who really like Chrono Trigger, but for me, I always thought Fantasy Final Fantasy was a little better. Um, I know Anathema. All right, I'm agreeing with with Ronald. All right, Castlevania. Hey. And again, folks, sorry if we didn't preface it enough. We're old. So. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Although, I mean, <laughs> I do. 
I do see the newer games because my kids are playing them. But yeah. a lot of these new games, they have innocuous music. Like, I've heard the music in the background for the new um, Animal Crossing, right? It's it's ah. fine. Yeah. But what are you about to say? Do you suddenly oh, I just saw so, uh, I just saw something flash by from Maximilian. I am a terrible person for not shouting out Fable, the Fable series. Seeing as how Fable 1 was amazing, and I worked on Fable 2, and I'm incredibly proud of that. But I don't know. Maybe you should be uh, disallowed because of bias. All right. So with special shout-outs to Fable and what's the other one you mentioned? Um, the old one? Oh, uh, Actraiser. Actraiser. Our list is Outlaws, Final Fantasy series, Link, Zelda Link to the Past, Original Super Mario, and Castlevania. I'm down with that. All righty, folks. <laughs> it's now time for you to ask questions. All right. All righty, folks. Ask your questions. We may or may not answer them. It depends. But we have 29 minutes, so that means we'll get at least two questions in. Um, if we're lucky. <laughs> if we're lucky. It's Friday. It's time to, to chill. Um, all sorts of things going on, um, on on the internet at least. People are streaming everywhere. I just read somewhere that podcast um, microphones are being sold out on Amazon. <laughs> everybody, really? Yeah, everybody is jumping into it. Oh, wow. Could I That's tell the story behind Shut the Door and the continued use of it? I actually have stopped Shut the Door for a couple years now, mostly because I like a shtick, but then I try to fade them out, and maybe bring them back. Um, now, nah, it was just one of my kids. I don't remember which one. One of the smaller ones probably opened the door when I was reviewing, and I was like, shut the door! You know, because I was... I think they were... I think they went through the other door and through another door, so I was shouting so they heard me. And then, of course, I just cut that, except I forgot to cut it. And then when people said, why are you shouting shut the door in your video? I was like, oh, because I always do! And I just made a <laughs> stick of it. That was it. So... Do you still have I, – I know you used to go to conventions and um, just get random people on camera saying it so you could just put it in – do you still have some of those you didn't use? Or was that when you stopped, when you went through all of the B-roll you had? No, 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 no. We, we went through it multiple times. In fact, we have the, uh, the lady – I forget her name – who played Deanna Troy. Uh, we have her saying it. Marina Sirtis, yes, yes. I remember that. Because Jason was like – we always get Jason to do this stuff because we'll be like, Jason. Because <laughs> he'll ask anybody anything. No, but we do it this way. We're like, Jason, there's no way you can get her, her to say it. He'll be like, watch me. <laughs> <laughs> he has no shame. Um, no, it's just that I just stopped doing it for a while. I might bring it back at some point. All righty. Maybe when you get to your uh, 50th anniversary of the show. Let's see here. Any thoughts on this transfer of a video game into a physical game? Oh, I see. Okay, never mind. There's a new Super Mario licensed Lego sets. There's a Mario figure with a display, sound, color sensor on the bottom, and a gyroscope inside, and you can play through the levels you build. Um, oh, wait. What? You're saying you physically build levels with actual blocks, and that transports into the video? I, I'm, I'm pulling it up here online. It's called Lego Super Mario Starter Set. And, yeah, you create a level that you can go through. It was created in partnership with Nintendo. So it cost 60 bucks. It's coming out August 1st. 
Wow. That's um, really cool. Yeah, I mean, it looks a little dorky. Uh, the Mario, I guess I can actually show this here to people so you can see what it looks like. Um, it looks a little dorky, the Mario piece and the Bowser piece, but that's probably because they need to be a certain weight for this game to work. But that's interesting. I mean, this is definitely something I could see me and my kids getting and, and building levels. Yeah. Six, 60 bucks that's is not cheap, though. I no. mean, of course, it's but, also I mean, Legos. Yeah, the toy factor on that. And you know, oh, we get a little free expansion with it. I'm assuming that they'll make multiple sets of this stuff too. That says it's the Lego Super Mario starter set. So I'm assuming there must be. Of course, yeah, be, yeah. There must well, it be is Lego. more. Sure. All right. Well, that's interesting. So, no, we hadn't that seen sounds it. awesome. Thank you. Those are my thoughts. Uh, what did you get for your birthday from anybody? No, um, I, I, I'm too old. For that, Jen um, is going to make some carrot cake. And that's about it. Carrot oh, cake no, is... No, 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 no. That's not true. I tell a lie. Uh, I did. From a fan of the show, uh, Steve. I won't say his last name because I don't know if you should. Uh, his wife, Betsy, sewed up a whole parcel of masks. Beautiful, lovely fabric Oh, that's masks. fantastic. That's a nice thing. Isn't that that's great? Awesome and, and they sent them, and they arrived yesterday, and I'm going to be uh, sporting them today, and uh, I probably I should have one and be wearing it right now. And they were, it was such a thoughtful gift. It was just such a great idea. And they're really cool. Much better, I mean, we actually had some old painter masks from like 20 years ago that my mom had, you know, at the bottom of a dusty box in the garage, and so, okay, well, I guess we'll use these, and they're, and they're really just horrible, so... These are very sharp and fashionable, and that would be my birthday present. It's certainly timely. Um, a collection of custom, sewn with love, uh, Corona masks. That's So you're getting carrot cake for your birthday, huh? Yeah, I love carrot cake. I don't like carrots. I hate carrots, but I love carrot cake. Carrot cake is why I'm married. What? Um, no, not, not particular, but me and my wife, we were somewhere. We were at, uh, we were, when we were dating. It's, we, were just, we just began dating. Um, and we were at a church, and the, the preacher was waxing eloquent about some lady he knew who made the greatest carrot cake ever. And afterwards, I was on one of my Tom Vassell rants to Laura, and I was like, I cannot believe he would say that. I would never, ever say that another woman made better carrot cake than my wife. I would always say my wife's carrot cake was the best. And she said, <laughs> I don't even know how to make carrot cake. And I said, who said we were talking about you? And oh. it was like a joke. But at the time, I was like, she's assuming she'll be my wife. This is good stuff. So she planted a seed there. No. Are you kidding? I was ready to marry her after like a week. <laughs> Hands down. Hands That's down. That's awesome. That's an awesome story. I love that. I will think about it while I enjoy my carrot cake later this evening. Jordan wants to know if I got any emails today. Yes. So Jordan's referencing for the first time in 2020, for sure, I went through all my emails. I took a picture of the inbox that said no, no emails. Cause I usually leave emails oh, in there. I, I got to get to that. I got to handle this. I'll do that later. There was yeah. even some governmental stuff in there. I was like, I'll get to that. And I did it all today. And I was like, woohoo. You had a 100% empty email box. Yes. Yes. That <laughs> is worth celebrating. That's crazy. But then people, that's the dream. Efka from no pun included. Email me instantly just to put up an email in my box. There you go. <laughs> All right. What's your favorite plot twist in a movie? Uh, if you don't oh. like spoilers, jump ahead five minutes. 
Well, I mean, the, there's the obvious one, right? And with good reason. He's not dead. Or, or no, I'm sorry, right? I, I just said it backwards, but you know what I mean, and I won't say anything more. That is the first time, though, and that, that actually is my number one choice. That is yeah. the first time that me and, me and Laura, we had just got married. We watched the movie, and when we were done, I said, no, I'm not go- we're not going anywhere. Well, we're going to rewind the movie because you had to rewind, um, and we're going to watch it again because they had to have made a mistake over the course of the movie, and they oh, did wow. not. I was, I, I've never watched a movie two times in a row like that, but watching it the second time, knowing the information the first time was amazing. Yep. And I've been well, everybody waiting. knows what we're saying, so we don't have to say what we're talking about. Everybody knows, but just in case somebody doesn't know. Yeah, I actually saw that movie in the theater, and I hadn't planned to. But a friend of mine at work said, you must. I will not tell you why, but Jeff Ross told me, you must see this in the theater. I will not allow you to um, uh, skip this and wait for home video. And it's because, I mean, well, I don't know. It was a different time. I probably could have waited and not had it spoiled. Today... That couldn't exist in our world. I think it would be impossible for me to actually yeah. wait till it gets home and, and actually have it pristine. But I remember in the theater, you know that, that common camera trick where you know they, they, they zoom the camera in while they're also spreading the, the field of view? So you get that weird vertigo sense when a really big moment happens? I felt like that was happening in real life around me. And I think everybody in, this, in, the, in, in the packed audience did as well. We all just went through a mass... Our, you know, our, our horizons expanded and it just blew us all away because no one was expecting that. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. and of course now, his poor career, he, how could he ever, ever, ever follow that? That was such an insanely um, huge moment in the worldwide zeitgeist that he's never been able to live up to it. He tried and people say, I just stopped trying. And then he stops trying and he says, why aren't you trying anymore? <laughs> it's like you can't win. But um, yeah. I, uh, uh, it's, it's obviously not. There's nothing that comes close. There's not anything that comes close, but there's one, one of my personal favorites is okay. in the movie from last year. Or is it? Yeah, it was last year. The Avengers Endgame. And okay. Not the end stuff, because I kind of suspect that that stuff would happen. But halfway through the movie, where they jumped into scenes from other movies, I did not expect that. Oh, and just uh, you know, the, the whole direction that it went. I was so delighted by that, because that was just yeah. not something I had expected. Yeah. By the way, it occurs to me, I, I probably very, I made a big statement that nothing comes close. I'd be willing to bet there are people watching this now or at some point in the future who said, yeah, what about Empire Strikes Back? That's true, but that one's before my time. I mean, I, it was, what? no, 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 no. I Were knew about baby? it. Uh, I never saw it in the theater, actually. Um, wow. But I knew about it because every kid in the world told you. Of course, of course. So no, I, was, I was lucky again that my parents took us, um, you know, because I pestered them opening week. But in all honesty, I think I was just too dumb a kid to really appreciate it. I, mean, I think at that point I, I was thinking, wait a minute, isn't he a robot? You're saying he's a, you know, <laughs> I, yeah, you're I right. don't think I, things were straight in my head at that point. So I'll still stick with, uh, with, with the big one. <laughs> what games are you going to play this weekend? What games am I going to play this weekend? I'm glad oh, I know you... for sure. For sure. The number one game I'm, I'm like super pumped about playing this weekend is Monumental. Uh, oh, yeah? I, I'm, I'm excited to get that one to the table. And I also have a new Queen game, and I can't remember the name of it. Something about pagodas. Um, and oh. um, I don't know. I always play a pile of kids' games each weekend with my kids, so I don't know the names of any of them, 
I'm just going to pull a bunch off the shelf and play them. But monumental. And uh, yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited about that. That's cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely familiar with it. They, I think they talked to me about covering it, but it just wasn't a good fit for us. Yeah, it doesn't um, look like it would be. It looks like a war. It looks like it's, it's exactly, a sick building exactly. game. Uh, so, well, one thing, uh, I'm glad whoever it is brought it up. Be sure tomorrow at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time to go to live.rado.com. I mentioned this uh, earlier in the week. I will be, Jen and I will be in front of the camera playing live, and you can play along with us. Uh, I'm probably going to play two games, and one of them is going to be Trails of Tucana, which is you know a uh, roll and write bingo style game. So everybody can make moves, and then you can show how well you beat me, but you didn't beat Jen, because that's what's going to happen. I'll just tell everybody right now. We actually played a couple of games yesterday just to warm up, and she destroyed me like uh, like 90 to 120. And I was like, what? Why? 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 But I'm looking forward to it because maybe I can beat some people on the internet if, they're, if they'll be honest with their scores. So that'll be at live.rado.com. And I haven't decided what the other game we're going to play is. I'm kind of leaning. Uh, yo, we recently started playing the expansion for Baron Park, you know, yeah. uh, which is really nice and has a nice little kind of 3D component. Um, but I'm also thinking about, oh, did you ever play Robin of Loxley? A Uwe uh, Rosenberg game came out last year. No. Two player only. I did not because I uh, Robin. Z got it. I think so. Uh, yeah, yeah of, that makes sense. I mean, it would certainly be a Z got it kind of game. Actually, it's, a, it's a small little abstract thing. But Garcia. it's very cool. And, and I think, Tom, considering your background with chess and your history there, the central element is you have one character moving around on a grid that moves like a knight. And as he moves around, he's grabbing resources that you put into your supply, and you're doing set collection to be able to use those resources. And you know, we, we played it last year, thought it was very, very cool. Probably the most fun we've had playing an Uwe Rosenberg game in years. But it just completely disappeared. So I'm really tempted to get that back out and play that. I'm going to have to hunt that one down. All right. Yeah. So many things on my list here. All right. And also, I got to start working on the expansion for Steamfall because that's going to go live on Kickstarter in early May. And I haven't gotten it to the table yet, so I'm falling behind. I am always, always falling behind. My inbox is not empty, unlike some people's. Uh, is this the game called Crisis at Steamfall? Uh, yes, I believe so. I just call it Steamfall. I think the full game. And it, it's, uh, it, it was on Kickstarter a couple of years ago. It's a steampunk kind of hybrid, sort of Euro-y, sort of Ameritrashy game. And I really liked it. And, uh, and it's weird. You can play it cooperatively or competitively. And that represents different chapters in the overall evolution of this steampunk city. But he's bringing out an expansion that'll be on Kickstarter in early May. And I got a prototype. So I got to get that going uh, because I, I'm looking forward to see what he did. Alrighty. Tom, do you have any of Jen's glasswork? I think I got a couple pieces of it. I think I bought something at some point and gave it to my wife or it's sitting on my desk somewhere around here. I feel yep. like I did. I, I'm, I'm going to say yes. And I'll further that Jen's glasswork makes excellent gifts. <laughs> yes. And you can get it right now. Um, yep. All right. Let me zoom down here because I know that we're like really far behind it. Oh, um, of course. What's your current video game to get lost in when you need to quit the world for a while? That's a tough one for you. I have an easy answer for that because it is the only video game I play. It's uh, Moonrider XYZ. It is a rhythm beat game that you can play for free if you have VR headsets. And I'm playing it because 
What I got him as an Oculus Quest a few months ago. Did I talk about this already on the show? You you did. You mentioned it, and you said you're getting yeah. exercise, and you don't even notice. But what system I, is it for? It's um. Well, it's 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 a web based thing. You could go onto your browser right now and type in moonrider.xyz. You'll go to the web page. And the problem is, you're, if you're doing it on a computer or a laptop, it won't let you actually go into VR mode. But any VR, uh, any VR system that has a built-in browser can run this. And it's got thousands of songs for free. It's an incredibly good workout. And, like, and, and time just disappears. Because you know I've been able to find easily like three dozen songs that I love. And so I just get surrounded by these songs and I feel like I'm playing the songs, but I'm fighting through the songs. And, you know, the songs just kind of become part of me in a way that no other rhythm game I've ever experienced does because I'm in virtual reality. You know, I mean, I love rock band and guitar here. I played those to death, but, you know, still I'm not in the world. I'm uh, VR is very close to bringing me back into playing video games, which I honestly thought would never happen after I fell in love with board games. But VR is the real deal. I didn't think it until I actually had one in my house. For me, it's probably currently Skyrim, although I stopped playing Skyrim a week ago and, and I messed with Fallout a little bit and then I jumped to some other stuff. And then and I'm in that in-between mode right now. Like, I don't know what I'm going to play next type thing. Yeah, but I, I, I sense a pattern there. Right. What about Red Dead? Is that out for the? I uh, see. I played on the Switch. That's the main thing, right? Um, oh, and so, so okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I, I have a little PC now, and so that's where I got Fallout on it because that's not out for the Switch, and it's driving me nuts because the controls for the PC are not as amazing as the Switch's controls are. So we'll see. Um, what non-gaming podcasts do you listen to? Non-gaming podcast? Do I listen to a, a few? Most of them are gaming. I listen to the Dice Tower. I listen to No Pun Included. But non-gaming, I uh, oh Ezra Klein of Vox. You know, he's he's very left-leaning, progressive, and I, I really just enjoy. I think he, you know, regardless of his personal bias and slant, I think he does an amazing job bringing on really fascinating people and going into in-depth interviews. I really enjoy that one quite a bit. For the longest time, I loved Harmontown, but it. It uh, retired. He retired from it last year, and I haven't really found a good replacement. I mean, that show would make me laugh so hard and then just like flip the script and make me think so hard because of just some little observation about life uh, that, would, that would just kind of come out. And so I really like that one. I'd have to get out my phone. Oh, I really oh, like I am very much, no surprise, looking forward to Andrew Yang's new podcast, and I will definitely be there day one. Um, let Andrew Yang speak, I believe is going to be the name of it. So there's a few. I, I listen to mostly board game stuff, but my favorite non-board game one is called Business Wars. I really like it because what the guy who does it, he goes through and talks about something that happened in history in businesses, like two businesses going up against each other and how it worked out. Like the very first one was Blockbuster versus Netflix. And Ooh, that so sounds like, very yeah, so like I'm looking through the different ones here. He has Starbucks versus Dunkin', Nintendo versus Sony, um, Boeing versus Airbus, uh, Ford versus Chevy, Macy's versus Gimbals. He did. I know he did Coke versus Pepsi. Um, he did Marvel versus DC. It's really wow. fascinating stuff. The Marvel versus DC one was such an interesting story because it was about the whole time. It was from the very beginning, you know, with Stan Lee and all them starting Marvel or coming from DC to Marvel and just how the two different comics would compete as time went by and then how it moved into the movie universe. It's really, it's really good stuff. And I'm just, whenever I listen to one of these, 
He put their like 20 minute podcast, but it's like a five part series. I was just going to ask, how long is an episode? They're like 20 minutes. Yeah, and it's like a it's like a five part series, and they're they're slightly dramatized a bit. He'll do different voices for some of the people talking. Um, but I, oh, I don't wow. know. I I just I find it fascinating because. It's it's interesting to look at this stuff in retrospect, you know, like oh, so like when Netflix no, versus Blockbuster, really cool. we know who won that. But what were the decisions? Like I didn't know that Blockbuster could have bought Netflix. Yeah, that's yeah, like, no, I, I remember that. Yeah, that's that's like that's mind awesome. blowing. These things. Put that on my list. I think if somebody were to ask me in a year, what do I listen to? What was it? It was business versus business. No, just business, business wars. wars. Yeah, business yeah, wars. Yeah, go. I like that a lot, especially if they're nice little bite sized chunks that I can get done walking the dog, kind of a thing. Yeah, the host is David Brown, and he has like 36 seasons on here. Um, So I just – I don't listen to all of them. I just go through until I see two companies. Like I'm going to probably listen to this Duncan versus uh, Starbucks because I just find that interesting. (laughs) You know, that's that's something I would like to listen to. Yeah. I guess I should also add I sometimes listen to Freakonomics because my wife loves Freakonomics. So when she's listening to it, sometimes I've got that seeping in my ear as well. Oh, someone oh asked and about- I saw somebody asked. They want to see me playing this game. Uh, you can you can go to roundup.rado.com, my most recent roundup for March. I showed like 10 seconds of me looking like an idiot playing the game if you want to see it. And I look like a complete and total idiot. Someone asked if I'm living in an Amish paradise. I suppose I decided <laughs> I was going to let my beard grow so I could go back outside. I may change my mind soon because it is starting to irritate me. Yeah. Um, ooh, favorite Weird Al song. They said, I know this is probably better for Crystal and Eric. I no. like Weird Al. I'm just yeah. not as like – I can I'm not as, Weird Al. Actually, Amish Paradise is uh, – Weird Al. If you just go by gut feeling, you say Weird Al, the first thing that pops into my head is another one rides the bus. I do like that one a lot. Um, yeah. I like – you know what? I actually like his Captain Underpants theme song for that movie. Uh, I don't okay. like the movie, but I like his theme song. Um, I lost on Jeopardy is good. Yeah. Um, oh, word crimes. And I'll tell you why. Because I really like the tune to the song, Blurred Lines. I really do. But I okay, dislike but you the, cannot listen to the lyrics. I, I, I really dislike the lyrics a lot. B- word great. crimes is done by him. And it's about um, people using grammar erroneously and it's like <laughs> slapping them down about it and if you watch if you go online and watch the youtube video of it it's a really well done youtube video about people using you know there's three different ways to say to spell there and things like that and you should use literally when it's not literally stuff like that but it's also using that tune which i like and it's one i could put on my rotation and listen to without being embarrassed and shamed um again if you think the original song's fine so be it but i'm it's, yeah yeah it's not well, one. I, mean, I, I think that's a great point that he has made that because you're right. It's a, such a catchy, upbeat tune. But yeah, it is definitely a not safe for work tune. And for him to make that available to people, that's just that's a great public service he did. Thinking about it a little bit for more, ultimately, I'm going to have to go. I forget what the official title is, but when he did American Pie um, as Star Wars, that is that is a classic one. Yeah. I also like I Love Rocky Road. Yeah. I mean, this would have been an easy top five topic, actually, when it comes down to <laughs> That's it. That's true. Uh, his Hamilton remix is pretty good. Oh, I haven't heard that at all. Yeah, he does, like, the whole Hamilton show in, like, one song. Uh, with, with, actually, the blessing 
of Lin Manuel. Uh, really, they really. Oh, does he? It. Does he do it like you know? I, you know how he has those polka medleys? Yes. That, yes. Uh, is, oh, it's one of those. Oh, that's fantastic. Because I was almost going to say just any of his polka medleys because I love those too. Yeah, I love that Weird Al a lot. He's done a lot of good in the world. What's the first thing you want to do when the quarantine is lifted? <laughs> it, I know mine's different than Rado's for sure. The first thing I'm doing is I'm inviting a few of my friends to the studio here. We're going to play games. Yeah. I, I just want to see my friends. Um, and, uh, and then probably church, although I think church will be a different level of them. Like, I think that they're first going to say you can get together in small groups. So I think church will be a second tier or something. Yeah, I guess. Those are good I'm answers. Just, I'm just making stuff up. I don't know. Well, well I mean, I got to say, literally nothing that I'm not already doing. <laughs> I, it, I, it's, I, I guess it's a reflection of just how incredibly lucky I am. Our lives haven't changed more than 3%. I'm doing what I would have been doing two months. I'm doing what I'll be doing two months from now. I am a homebody. I lived in Malta, and I would sometimes go a week without leaving the, the uh, apartment. And it's one of the most beautiful places in the world. Because, yeah, I, I, I like staying home and just petting the pooches and playing games. Yeah, me too. <laughs> All right, so. Oh, yeah. Uh, what's your favorite birthday experience? The fortune cookie telling you to move doesn't count. <laughs> um, that's an easy one. Ooh, no, I've got two. I've got two. Uh, because for a while, Jen would try to make, you know, the big, you know, the, the divisible by five birthdays a really big deal. You know, so, oh, 25 is a big deal. 30 is a big deal. 35 is a big deal. And they haven't always worked, but two of them were really amazing. One was I went skydiving. We woke up. I thought, okay, she's going to do something. But I did not expect we were going to drive out into the middle of the high desert in central Oregon and jump out of a plane. And that's what we did that day. And that what was What number amazing. was this? Uh, that, I think that was 30. Was it 30? Yes. Or it was either 25 or 30 because we were still living in Bend, Oregon at the time. Okay. Yeah, it must have been 30. And then the other one was, oh, I, I don't remember. I mean, yeah, you know, these were all, she stopped doing that now because just like, life's too short. But she, we do a lot of geocaching. I don't know if you know what that is, Tom. I do, I do. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so we used to do that a lot. And so she hooked up with a, a guy who made really good geocaches all around the area we lived. And he worked with her to make a custom special one for my birthday that was kind of like tuned and tailored for me. And it took us like all afternoon and we just kept going to place after place after place and, uh, you know, took the dogs along. And it was, it was awesome. All the cool little tricks that honestly she never would have thought of. Uh, but there was this other guy who like, you know, it was his passion to make really outside the box, um, uh, uh, you know, geocaches. So those are both very, very memorable. Yeah. I think for me, I don't, my birthdays are pretty low key. Cause I usually, make such a big deal about everyone else's birthday and I always tell them I don't really care about my birthday so they follow through on that. Um, my wife went to Seoul. We lived in Weejambu at the time in Korea. She she went to Seoul to a board game store and bought me Domain. And I'll never yeah. forget that because it was really outside her comfort zone to go hunt down this game, buy it, and just hope that it was one that I wanted. Because she found an original want list for me from Board Game Geek that I had made like three years prior. And I'll never get rid of that game. Yeah. Um, so that was a big deal. I, I told her, now, don't dare buy me a game at this point. <laughs> the chance of, of you yeah, getting me something. Yeah, she got lucky once. <laughs> that, well, I mean. I, it's I, not I, like you need any more games. Oh, and then my very first birthday after I started dating her. 
because she went out of her way. She ordered a cake for me at the college we went to, and the cake, they didn't do it. They missed, they messed up. And I was thinking, eh, you know, it is what it is. And she cried and cried, and I thought, this girl really loves me. This is fantastic. And it was such a good day, not because her day was ruined, but I saw how much she cared for me, and it was just yeah. a really good time. Uh, I thought I remember that I was wow that's really impressive and a common thread was, both of our two top birthdays were because of the loves of our life that's that's oh for sure it's hard for me beautiful. to imagine wanting to spend my birthday I mean I'll, I'll spend it with other people but definitely I want my wife to do something with me and yeah that 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 second one I was 19 <laughs> 19 wow that was a while ago yeah I still want that cake no I'm kidding um <laughs> Alrighty, well, let's see. We got one quick question we can right. end this off on here of. Okay. Um, let's see. People are talking about carrot cake. I must be really behind. Uh, Unfiltered <laughs> Gamer says happy birthday. He sent you a super chat there. Well, thank you. Um, people, are, people are talking about your chat is choppy. That was like 15 minutes ago. Oops. Oopsie. And uh, now, okay. What's your best childhood Christmas present? Uh, well, while he's thinking, I know mine was a calculator watch because I thought a calculator watch was really cool. Don't judge me. I thought it would be really cool. I asked my parents for it. My mom said, there is no way on earth we can afford that. It would cost an arm and a leg. And I said, okay, I understand. And then I got it anyway, which blew my mind. Oh, that's my favorite, maybe. My best? Scotland Yard, baby. (laughs) No, that's a good call. I think... Um, I'm pretty confident I'd have to go for my early preteens when my parents got me a TI-99 4A computer. It's not what I wanted. I wanted a VIC-20 or a Commodore, like all the other cool kids. But Bill Cosby said, the Texas Instruments 994A is the machine for you. And um, while it was definitely not the best machine available at the time for home computing, that so informed and directed my life for like the following well really my whole life i mean because i immediately learned how to program and i started getting really into it and learning machine coding and stuff like that and um i you know i I learned to type on that thing which is by far probably one of the most useful life skills that i ever learned by accident preach it (laughs) yep and uh yeah so i i i mean i i wish i wish it was up in an attic somewhere and i could get it out just so I could remember just how much I appreciate how big an impact it had on my life. That dumb, little, crappy, also-ran PC that nobody wanted and my parents foolishly got for me. But, yeah, it was a big deal. All righty. Well, with that being said, we got to shut down. So a couple things. First of all, happy birthday once again to Rado. Send him lots of money. Um, secondly, you said you're doing something live tomorrow. Tomorrow, 10 a.m., uh, play through with us. Come and play. Go to live.rado.com right now, and you can download the PDF of what you need to print out so you can be ready. All righty. Well, have fun, everyone, this weekend. Um, glad to be here. We'll be here together again on Tuesday. That will be on the Dice Tower channel, and then we'll be back here in this same very spot in a week. Until then, I'm Tom Basil. I'm Rado. We'll see you all next time. Bye.